what's going on, boys and girls? We have a terrific episode of Two White Lights for you today. Here is the recap, the classic Two White Lights week recap. We go through each and every weight class, give our breakdown, give what we saw, give our analysis. Um, great re- recap episode. It was a fantastic uh, week of lifting uh, in the IPF. So lots to talk about there. Um, also in this podcast, you know, congratulations to Steve Denovi, but he had two lifters uh, win worlds and become world champions. So awesome insight there with the 59 kilo weight class and the 57 kilo weight class. Um, Steve does a fantastic job just kind of breaking down things, but it's over two hours breaking down everything that happened at IPF worlds. Remember ladies and gentlemen, because we didn't get to an ad read this episode, but I got to remind you guys from June 21st to, I believe the 28th is where we set that date. It is CB's birthday in one of those days. So remember to wish him a happy birthday. We don't know what day it is, so if you get it exactly right on his birthday, we're going to send you a Leflar Bros shirt. So make sure you're doing that. CB Leflar. Make And also, in the meantime, throughout that week, go to whatleflarbros.com, use promo code 2WL15 to get all the greatest merchandise in powerlifting, look good from head to toe in Leflar Bros merchandise, and use our promo codes 2WL15 or 15, Solana 15, whatever you want to use. Just make sure you're going to whatleflarbros.com and saving some money. Also, subscribe to Two White Lights on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Leave a five-star rating on both. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts as well. And also subscribe to us on twowhitelights.com. And without further ado, here it is. Two White Lights. Yeah, just saying this on the good some- Ooh, baby, I like it, bro. Yeah, baby, I like it, bro. And as promised, you should be back here to listen to the classic recap of IPF Worlds, all the weight classes, and I mean, you just listen to 90 minutes of, or, or at least 30 minutes of the issues, but overall... A successful IPF Worlds. Yeah, it was great. Yeah. Was, I mean, it was it arguably, especially on the women's side. The women's side was insane, and we're going to get to that. Uh, I mean, if you're looking at, like, if we're using coefficient scores or just all-time performances, it was nuts. Even with some people kind of, uh, not a lot, but a couple, well, a couple, one person sandbagging, really, just Leah. But, yeah, I mean, I I don't think anyone watched it and was like, yeah, this is underwhelming, wasn't a good meet. It was it was. It was good. It was it was one of the best IPF worlds, if not the best ever. Yeah, I mean, I, I think the only thing that can be better, and we'll see next year. We are, if you watch episode one, it could happen with some changes. Is getting the men, all the best men together, because we got pretty much all the best women together. The yeah. men are still split. Yes. Who was your favorite weight class to watch? Asking, I mean, I'm biased. I have two. Well, <laughs> Well, I was I was gonna say the fifty-seven and seventy-fours. I th- well, I'm biased because the eighty-threes, eighty-threes invoked. You could ask my girlfriend invoked a lot of emotion on me out of me because we will get to you know the eighty-threes itself. But um, the fifty-sevens, unfortunately, I wasn't able to watch a lot of it. But I think I was the most happy with that one because it was a 
closely competitive battle, and also Natalie won. So there's that. I say for women, I had to go 84 plus, and yeah. then for men, 74. Yep. I think I think those would be the popular answers. But yeah, yeah. I mean, I, so, so 74 definitely has to be if you were to poll, has to be the most most well crazy, crazy shit. Yes, that has to be the most popular. Uh, class of the meat, just yeah. because of everything that wrote on it, multiple polls for the win and everything. So, but yeah, I'm biased. 57 women. I honestly, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, there, it was it was amazing when it happened. I felt like it got forgotten decently quickly, quickly for how crazy that battle was. I mean, again, well, I'm biased. Was that a little reminiscent of like a hack versus a Gibbs type thing? Like um, you had this certain person that you thought was unbeatable. Versus the first time world's person that was up and coming. It's a look. The person that was unbeatable missed lists. The person that was first time made lists and then came down to the fact that Natalie hit a lift and then forced Jod to hit and she missed, which is literally Hack vs. Gibbs 2.0, like to a T almost. Yeah. That was actually a pretty good comparison. I'm thinking because, yeah, yeah, I, I would say that's that's a solid comparison. I just don't think it had the, uh, the spotlight as Gibbs' Hack did. Granted, I'm speaking out of turn because I was not really involved in powerlifting while Hack and Gibbs were having that battle. Because yeah, my, my IPF timeline is pretty much 2019 till now. So the two best IPF worlds is 2019 and this one, in my mind. But um, yeah, well, we'll discuss it when we get there. Um, yeah, I, I, I think IPF, IPF worlds is in full force. This year, this, the the powerlifting world was getting to watch it all at once. It was the only thing to watch, and aside from, of course, USAPL Clip Nationals, but IPF Worlds was or Classic Worlds was uh, at the forefront. So a lot of eyes on it. Pretty much dominated our days, which is what you want. You even though I do like last year how it was split, where you got something to watch in the morning and something to watch at night. It was good to just watch and put all your attention onto one. Uh, event. So that was good. I like that. And yeah, also, I how you enjoyed last year, but okay. Yeah, you did. You did. You didn't enjoy last year. Nothing about doing. No. <laughs> no. Yeah. I did not oh no, the work. Not one if bit. we weren't in two white lights, I think this would be a whole lot better. Or coaches. Yes, maybe. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I think competing it, myself. No. Yeah, I think Steve as a coach probably didn't enjoy it as much, and all the coaches didn't enjoy it as much, and us as people in the media didn't enjoy it because it just made way too much work for us. Yes, but I, yeah. if I was a lifter or this person who didn't have any responsibilities, that would have been pretty fun. Maybe, yes. I in the morning. That. Like as, a co- as a coach, I had too much stuff to worry about other than IPF Worlds. And then, frankly, I mean, just biased. I cared about this one more than any IPF Worlds ever. I mean, yeah. just for very obvious reasons. So, like, well, I was more into, I mean, I was always been into IPF Worlds, but I was just yeah. more into it than normal. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's start, why? We're going to start with the men's side, 59 kilos, and yes. Waskar, you are going to be joining me, real-life Steve Denovi, and fake Steve Denovi on a cardboard cutout at Post Oak Ice House because you won the 59 kilo weight class. I was pumped. <laughs> it looks fantastic. It, it looks awesome. really good. It looks better wow. on, oh, on the a- screen. It's actually really good quality. Wow. Now, the only unfortunate thing is it's not – well, two things. I did want to kind of size it down. It's only four feet because I figured that would make Angelo feel more representative here <laughs> uh, to kind of match. It would have been funny, it was also, it been it funny was also if you towered t- over me as a cutout. <laughs> 
it was also, I mean, this was already like 80 something bucks. It was like 160 bucks to get a life size. So I was like, I, I like this, but like, I don't like it that much. I think this gets the point across. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that was fantastic. Yeah. So uh, a few weeks from now, I will be bringing that to a couple of bars in Houston. Waskar won. It was fantastic to see. And also, can I just mention, Massonomics is anti-59 kilos. Are we the pro? I think we're the pro-59 kilo podcast. Yeah. You, two yeah, white yeah. lights, tagline, pro-59 kilo podcast. We'll put that well, right the below entire, the, entirety of the Power of Just podcast in our bio. We have, the be- we have the best preview show. At this point, we need to be the 59 kilo podcast because, frankly, uh, we were very right about the the people that we're placing, which I, I hopefully I should be because I, I kind of researched it a lot and spot on. So yeah, we should be the fifty nine kilo podcast. Yeah, we're, we're going to take them to the, take them to the moon, especially with kind of how it's trending and how much more competition stacking in that weight class now. Yeah, and I think it could be because they kind of got rid of the like youth weight classes in powerlifting. So like this can actually be something that the fifty nine kilo class you know kind of markets do is like you know you have you have strong lifters there you have a competitive group of lifters and um and also kind of the field is a little bit open now so yeah i think uh uh, great victory from waskar what'd you guys see from it or steve tell tell me this is good i'll give you my insight yeah i mean i'm i'll i mean to be honest as soon as i well one this is actually going to be a video on Power Healthy Now where I'm going to go through game day scouting. Because obviously we do these preview shows, and that's that's game day scouting. But like an entire game day scouting like report, when I'm doing that for my actual lifters like I did for 59 and 57. Uh, like I, I, I had all of the attempts planned out of what I thought they were going to be at, the jumps, the likely misses, all this kind of – so I knew where they should be opening. And as soon as I saw the openers and where they're at, I kind of knew – it was done. It like Waskar was going to win. Cause I knew he was going to be on point. It, it was mainly just about like Sheffield. Like, I mean, I, I don't want to sound like bad at the fact that like, it was, it was it, like it, a lot of the hype throughout of it was like, I, I know you're going to win. It's like, can we set this up for Sheffield? And he was doing it. We, we got 222.5. We got 142.5. Deadlift was insane. I mean, if you look at that 260, he hit on, hit on his second attempt versus the 257 from powerlifting American nationals, it was significantly faster. Like his yes. deadlift strength was nuts. It just, uh, I, I mentioned on part one, if you've listened to it, but uh, on 272.5, if you go look closely on his underhand, his left side, he didn't quite close his grip. Uh, like his thumb wasn't even like over his hands correctly. Um, and so he missed it. Like I, I legitimately, th- I mean, I think that's a lift that, you know what, he's going to miss sometimes because it's heavy. I think if he takes that 10 times, he hits it six times. So it kind of stinks because that would have qualified him for Sheffield. Uh, maybe somehow he gets a wild card spot. I think it's somewhat unlikely just for the fact that he's pretty far away in the grand scheme of things from the, the world record total because of kind of the, the oddness of how the world record total is in the 59 kilo class, which that's a whole other story there. But yeah, uh, outside of that, I mean, it pretty much played out as expected. I expected Ivan, Franklin, Antoine, and Ish to be right there. Um, Franklin was the big wild card because he doesn't post anything. He mainly is equipped. I kind of we talked about, I kind of had between like 590 to 610. I really planned when I was doing stuff to hit it. He would hit 610 because I figured if someone could get to that point, it would be him. But then as soon as I saw openers, uh, I knew that wasn't really where he was going. Um, and uh, it was kind of 
done. I don't say done from there, but I knew Waskar just had to hit lifts and it was going to be be over. And then the breakout, exactly as kind of I expected, was Ivan. Uh, I, I figured Ivan could go 600 kilos, and he went 602.5. I think that's literally on the dot where I had him on my predictions. Um, and he had a fantastic meet. Um, I think that I mean, we'll have to see kind of how he progresses. But if I think that if there's someone that can start to elevate and challenge Waskar, it'll be him. Possibly Ish. Ish, uh, we mentioned on the preview show, we wondered about squat depth. That 100% came into play. Um, and if you haven't seen it from Instagram, Ish is going to be working with Sean Noriega. So me and awesome. Sean are going to have a little fun little fun here. And I think Ish is going to have some really, really productive uh, improvement from that. So I, I like that. I really like to see. I mean, Antoine's still young, too. I don't know what Franklin's going to do. He just kind of goes in and out of raw. But either way, Ish, Antoine, Ivan, and Waskar, it, it's a really cool future for this division. Um and again, I know a lot of them kind of talked about like a lot of what was kind of cool. A lot of these competitors were like cheering for Waskar because it, they knew that like kind of like Panna, he could bring some light to this class when it's typically kind of been overlooked and not really cared about too much. Um, so it was really cool on that because a lot of them were like, even they, they were like cheering, like we know Waskar's going to win when we want to give him the Sheffield. And so it, it was just a really cool thing. But yeah, it was a great meet. Waskar was, everything was perfectly on point other than that third deadlift in the grip. Yeah. Yeah, and it's, uh, that's, that's an interesting point, too. I didn't really notice that as far as other lifters kind of cheering for him. But, um, that, and that makes sense, too, especially uh, when the um, the guy who has the record tested positive. I, I also think, like, when you're trying to, like, bring some legitimately to uh, um, legitimacy to a weight class, like, well, we get the, let's get the natty guy to, to win. And because uh, that class has been just – I think it's been overlooked because one guy dominates it, too. Like on top, like it's yeah. it's a lower weight yeah. class. Lower weight classes typically don't get the same spotlight as the middleweight classes do. Um, and some of the heavyweight, it's like weird. Like sometimes it takes gaps uh, in natural and uh, natty powerlifting. But one guy dominates, and it's a smaller weight class. So yeah, and also that that guy yeah. was asked like just proportionally like made for a certain weight class and lifts. And then he has all the advantages leverages go, and then he gives himself more leverages by or more advantages by taking steroids or PEDs. Yep. So it's like, yeah. all that sucks. All all of that in unison sucks. Yeah, as well as the fact, like I mean, it doesn't really matter. Who cares? The good lift score for this class is so far off because of that. Yeah. Waskar to win best overall lifter, I believe he needed a seven hundred kilo total. Wow. Something something ridiculous like that. The, the coefficient score for this class is so off. It's ridiculous. But either way, yeah, I mean, fantastic meet. I mean, the goal next year, I, I legitimately think this is possible because if, if you don't know from me posting about it or talking about it on more Instagram, I've never coached Waskar when he's not been dieting. He's been dieting the entirety of the time. And within that time, he's added 37 and a half kilos to his total. Now we get a long time for him just to kind of be at like a sustainable body weight. I, I think... Beyond doable is 650 next year. Wow! And frankly, that is 650 is Sergey shows up. That doesn't necessarily mean he wins. I think Waskar legitimately can like solidify himself as like it doesn't even need to compare like of like natty or not natty or like the total that Sergey is is a little inflated. Like I think Waskar can go 650 next year and just kind of like put a stamp on it. So, yeah. Yeah. and even though his performance was not shocking to us, but like just like him and Natalie, we should talk about her later. Like, first time ever competing at IPF Worlds. Did he get any red lights besides the last that lift? Nope. 
Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah, handle. So, and also, it's not like a seat. Uh, I mean, he's seasoned in the sense where he's won some big time competitions. But I bought the story up last episode. I met him at the Arnold, and he was two competitions in. At the Arnold, uh, in what was that? Twenty twenty one. Was it? 2022. 20, no, or 2022, my bad. Yeah, 2022. Yeah, 2022. He was two competitions in. I think his second competition was the Arnold. and It would have been his third because he had a qualifier, Nationals, Arnold. Maybe. No, maybe I don't think he, he competed in Nationals. No, he just did a, he did a local meet and then Arnold. Because the Arnold was weird. Then. Yeah, the Arnold was weird, so you had to get a certain score in order to compete at the Pro-Am. Did really well at that. Uh, did well at the Arnold and at Nationals. Um, obviously won that weight class. And yeah, then you see him now winning IPF Worlds and handling that. Like Natalie Richards, that uh, uh, we'll get to her uh, shortly. But as far as people who are, uh, she's had big competitions under her belt and big moments. Like Waskar has uh, more national meets than local meets, I think. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. This was this was kind of the one that I think. I mean, I mean, before this, Natalie still had a decent presence because I mean she had hit the world record total. Waskar, people in the know knew of him, but I think this kind of finally put it on the map of like there's actually a 59 kilo competitor who is like truly world class at this point. So yeah. Um, All right. Yeah. Yeah. Excited. Excited Keep to go drink. What does Waskar drink? Do you know that's giving me my first drink for the night? I have no idea. I got a message. Probably, I don't even know if he does. That dude is just on point. All yeah, time. I got to ask. He's getting like a week and a he's getting like a week and a half to have fun. He's gonna be right back to it. Oh, here, here, here's a fun thing. Here's a fun thing to to understand. We talked about the last episode. Travel is overrated. Preparation is what you mean. Here's how. Here's how detailed Waskar is. After Worlds, he wanted to have a call because he wanted to have a call that you know what I just I need to be a little bit looser with things. Like I'm always like on. You want to know what loose for him was and what he was asking for permission to be able to do? Eat chocolate. I don't know why I said that. Go on hikes on the weekend with his wife. Oh, my God. All right, Waskar. Waskar, calm down. to make sure wasn't too far to interrupt his training. I was like, dude, you moved 200 stall mats in the middle of World's Prep building a gym and then came back and hit a deadlift PR like two days later. You can go on a hike. That is how on point he is all the time. How long's it? Uh, let's find out. I don't know. Okay. I should know that. 25? 26? Love it. Wow. Well, yeah, all right. Well, yeah, Waskart. Go on some hikes. Yeah, relax. <laughs> Making us all look bad. But Yeah, but like, it was, I mean, it's just, it was zero surprise. I had, I had, I had little doubt that this was pretty much going to happen, so... But yeah, it was great and really good class. So yeah, confirmation soon on what Waskar drinks. I just uh, messaged him, so that'll be breaking news. <laughs> nice. All right, but um, All right. yeah, great weight class. Uh, should be getting better throughout the years. Now sixty-six kilos, which I think one of the stories of the meets. You cannot love Bonnie Utis winning. Um, Look great going into this. I don't think it's a surprise anyone, but the I mean I said on the preview ep- uh, episode took probably the most amount of L's you can possibly take, um, falling way out of it at the Worlds last year, bombing out of Euros, 
a lot of injuries it looks like in training and then coming back and and winning a stacked weight class uh possibly harder i mean there's an absence of eddie berglund but this year was not just some toss up like okay this is pana's the easy favorite going into it i think brian lee was or yeah, brian lie was a favorite and pana was able to gut it out and win awesome performance i think um I think most people were happy with it. The only, I'm like, I obviously wanted the American to win, but I think even Americans were like, awesome. This is cool. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if, I you, mean, listen, if you listen to that podcast, the last podcast he had, like, you want to hand him win. Like, Brian Lee, of course, American, but I was like, oh, wow. Panda won. This was really good. Yeah. <laughs> it I, has so much heart. It's like the French way to, like, take a bunch of L's. I, I'm not sure with everyone else. Maybe you guys can say if you're watching IPF Worlds, you are. I am rooting for my country. I am rooting for America to win, and then of course I want the Italians to win as well because right? I think it is nation based. So there's always a bias there. But of course you have your lifters that you're rooting for. I think of all the lifters in this competition, I think Pana was the fan favorite from Americans, who was an American lifter. Like everyone, like yeah, Pana winning. Is great. Like we're 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 happy. We're all happy. It's it's, it. it's it's legitimately good for the sport. Yeah. Just like even though you know what, obviously I've wanted Russ to lose for obvious reasons the last couple of years. Russ overall is good for the sport, and Russ winning in a way is good for the sport. Hannah winning in the sense of international presence is very good for the sport. With that said, I mean we're outside of him winning. Talking about the actual battle, it was kind of a battle of not great attempt selection that's kind of yeah. what it was because frankly as a whole it's going to be blunt the french don't have great attempt selection and Pano actually did it like he missed two lifts like i don't think he had great attempt selection either it's just that i think brian and kyoto really made some mistakes in regards to their second deadlift they didn't need to jump that high brian didn't need to go to 312 kyoto didn't go to 292 and a half if they would have jumped i'm trying to think where we're at if Kyoto goes to so Kyoto and Brian had body weight advantage over Pana if Kyoto goes to 287.5 he wins if Brian based off of, I mean obviously Pana could have changed his third attempt deadlift but based off of the totals that puts Kyoto at 705 as well wins on body weight and then Brian could have gone to uh 310.5 or 309 might be wrong on that. 309.5, maybe. Either way, both of them jumped too high. Uh, and it goes back to having the correct research of your opponents and knowing what their likely attempts are, what their jumps are. Like the French, when we're going to get to the 57s with women, I know Jade is going to make small jumps. We know Panda's going to make small jumps. He makes a big, he makes a decently just jump from his first to his second, but his second to his third is going to be small. Um, and so, yeah, it, it wasn't great attempt selection on the day. And honestly, I think you can almost make an argument to an extent that uh, Matt Gary says sometimes the strongest lifter doesn't win. I don't want to say Panda wasn't the strongest lifter, but it was close to where Brian and Kyoto, if they had better attempt selection, they should have been there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely something I noticed. Like, and yes, you are correct. He only needed 309.5, and that yeah. would put him in a yeah. great spot. And even during it, because I wasn't crunching all numbers like you were during it, but I was like, wait, what? Like, the first didn't move great. 
for Ryan. So I'm like, what would possess you to go any higher than you think you need to? You know what I mean? So I'm like, there's there's something missing Ryan here. Kind of, it does he, like he. I said on the previous show, occasionally he's just erratic with that stuff. Like I, at the Arnold, yeah, it was that too. But it's a world team coach that's making the calls. That's right? what I mean. He's not making the official yeah. calls. So what possessed yeah. the coach? Because you saw Panna's attempt already. You already knew. You knew yes. Panna put in two eighty five. Yeah. And so at that point, if you saw 300.5 didn't move great, I, I would have put in that 309.5 if that was the correct, if that's what ties the seven off. I would have tied them. You got them on body weight. You don't need to. We're going to get to that with some other, the next class too. I think the next class had some not great attempt selection when you're yeah. looking at uh, some stuff there too. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it, it'll be interesting. I, I, I think Brian legitimately is the strongest lifter in this class. I think that there was a bit of lack of preparation and I think it's going to be a good learning experience because I think he can come back next year and get redemption on this. Yeah, also, I think if you look at it, um, if you're Brian uh, on the American side too, it's like in your little prediction sheets or bingo cards, him being the representative for 66 kilos on the world stage, um, I don't think a lot of people drew that up. I don't think a lot of people saw that. I think a lot of people were, of course, Daniel Clements and Morgan Aquino-Garcia. Um, and he's able to pretty cement himself there is within the same conversation as those 67 and a half in America. And also now in this conversation with the best in 66 kilos in the world. Um, Bana, I think experience, what do you know he's able to do? And also just kind of grit and grind through lifts. I would call him the strongest lifter on the day. Um, like, cause when it came down to deadlifts, when it gets about second attempts, I'm like, this is Bana's game now because I, I this is where I, I do think experience in the way Pana lifts is it's his game and also just having that heart in order to stick with his lifts. Like I he's one of the like he's just not gonna drop he's just not gonna drop it. Because you know what happened him to before, but also just the way he lifts. So if he can do if he can do it in a gym, it's very hard to do it like grind in a gym, but on a platform you get a little bit more of that energy. So um, I, I do get confident that you're able to hit those grinders on deadlifts as well. Uh, and like you said, I think it's good for the sport. Um, I think it's great that he's going to be at Sheffield. And comeback lifter of the year, I think right now definitely my candidate is Bonnie Utis. I don't think we have that award for two white lights. I think we should just throw it Make in there. <laughs> throw, don't know how we missed that one. Yep, they would be, yeah. You know, I think I think there. we're focusing I, way too much on got, bad journalism moment of the year. He's got a good he's got a good chance at Sheffield to place decently well because that's seven. I think Berglund's total seven ten point five. That's not hey, that out of reach, especially I, with some more healthy training. Quick question: Did I miss something? Is where's Eddie Berglund? He went up to seventy four, and I don't think he's he didn't really, compete. He's like weight. He's like weightlifting. I don't think he. <laughs> I don't really, he just kind of goes back and forth remember, and does stuff. Yeah, so remember no, when I, I said he annoys me? This is why. There's there's a whole <laughs> lot of reasons why that Eddie Berglund annoys me. It's just like he was at Sheffield at IP. I mean, it's it's awesome, right? He's just doing weightlifting in this. That's that's cool, and that's something that you don't see in powerlifting. But it's just the tri. It's just the the all encompassing the way he lifts, and then just like um, oh, he's not at IPF Worlds this year, like. Awesome, man. Fucking <laughs> great. <laughs> Defending champion not there and he's just he's just doing his own thing right now. That's uh that's that's always fun. But yeah, I because the funny thing about that, no one asked. No one was wanting no one on the previous shows had bought it up like where's Eddie Berglund at? 
in either weight class. Very, very. Try that with any other weight class and see and see what happens, or any other lifter. Be like Russ or he is not competing this year, because he's deciding to do something else. Even though he might make those promises at times, just he's just not doing it. It's it's strange, but uh, yeah. Yeah, I will say though, I'm waiting for Yoda to have that national performance again. I'm like. When it comes to Delatin specifically, we just haven't seen it except for that one Nationals right before Sheffield. Yeah. Well, it'll, it'll be interesting. What's, he's, he's, he's likely going to Sheffield again. How's that? It, hopefully that's before Nationals. It should be before his Nationals this time because Sheffield's about a month earlier, yes. a month and a half earlier. So. You, well, yeah, but also, like, if you look at a lifter who's just had to compete probably too many times because he had the weird competing, like, Weeks separated from his national meet to Sheffield and then Sheffield to Worlds, which is actually a it's a quick turnaround for powerlifters. Not the worst turnaround, but you would qualify as quick. What was it? Twelve weeks. Yes, from twelve Sheffield weeks to Worlds. Yeah, twelve weeks. Twelve weeks is a prep. That's about three blocks. So, um, it's it's a good prep. It's a nicely timed prep, but it's still a prep nonetheless, and. Yeah, it's not you. You don't really get a whole lot of time off there, so maybe that could be a factor in his uh, competition. But I'm at now at a point where I'm like, I don't know if competition frequency matters that much. I'm I've had to go back on a lot of um, uh, things I thought I knew about the sport within this past year. People going down a weight class because we saw it twice with New Zealand, and we're about to get to a 74 kilos. Uh, and competing frequently. Those are two things where I'm like, no, people shouldn't do that, and people have been doing it and having relative success. So those are two of the norms that have been kind of debunked. But 74 kilos. Let's yeah. talk about uh, it. That's probably the biggest storyline of the meet because the king got dethroned. Yes, I mean, he I'm did. Say, I'm not going to say by any means we called it. We all picked nope. Taylor, but... We did. We were, we were all, we all talked about if there was someone that could beat him, it was Carl. And I remember talking in group chats. I was in a, in a group chat with Angelo, and a lot of people, there was kind of the talk of Taylor and Tim, which Tim honestly did a lot better than I thought he would. But I kept saying, wait till deadlift, Carl's going to be there. Like, because until deadlift, Carl wasn't really, because uh, I don't know if people know, I'm trying to think of all the attempt selection changes. I think. So Carl, I think, had 292 and a half. So based off of prognosis, it looked like he was pretty far behind. And then he changed to 305 for his opener. So that all of a sudden shot him up. But while it's surprising, I don't think I would call it shocking. Like this this mm -hmm. is a, a, a situation that I thought was plausible if Taylor didn't show up and Carl had a perfect day. And guess what? Taylor didn't show up and Carl had a perfect day. As well as I think there were some attempt selection issues. Yeah, I well, all right, so it's not shot because I think going into it, uh, you know, Ryan, Joe, they did a good job of just speaking about Taylor Atwood and like he has it list today. Like, based on his training, based on what we see at Sheffield, he knows and we know that he has to hit lifts. And sometimes you say that with just like, okay, you got to make a story. We all knew that. So the fact that he lost is, is, is not really a shocker, but it's still a shocker in the sense of what Taylor Atwood has done in the past. This is a competition that you that you should win. Um, he had a. We keep on going back to that performance. There's a 60 kilo dip in that performance at Daytona till now. 
That's a significant dip in anyone's total. That's huge. So, like, me still trying to wrap my mind around, like, we witnessed that at Daytona. I couldn't believe it. And you're just thinking he's an unbeatable person. And I, to that, in that sense, it's a shock to me that he can lose on a 800 kilo or below an 800 kilo total. That is a shock to me. If you're telling me, I'm like, you would have to total at least 790, at least 790 to have a chance to sniff Taylor at that's what I'm thinking since even with him being hurt. And it's, it's, it's not the case. That is a shocker to me, that part. The person who did it is not a shocker. The fact that it, that's the number is shocking to me. Yeah, especially since, I mean, this is on him. This is, I mean, he's getting a little probably backlash right now because he was talking going into this meet a bit more. He, he did. was saying he was healthy. Yep. He said the air is not over. At, at what was era? It. Yeah, and something you know was what? like, it was the exact thing. I could pull it up because it's like the... He didn't delete the post, thankfully. Yeah. And honestly, I bought into that. I was thinking, okay. I mean, he's he's definitely better than he was at Sheffield, it looks like. Mm-hmm. And if he's better than what he was at Sheffield, he's going to go 790 and he's probably going to win. And 790 would have won it, but it didn't. And I think the things that needs to be talked about is, one, the, the thing that's really being like discussed is he got robbed on squat. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It, it, correct me if I'm wrong. It was, it was two reds to begin with, and they didn't overturn it. That's correct. It wasn't, it wasn't a good lift, and then they – overturned it bad, right? I don't recall. Solana, do you remember it that? Was, it was, it I was, thought it was front, overturned. It was front judge red depth, side judge red blue card for soft knee. And if we're going back to the replay system, I did not think anything on that replay definitively said you have to overturn that. Um, as well as he went and posted a squat he did in the gym with the same thing because he's very obviously still not 100%. He's got a really bad shift in that right hit, which I think is him probably trying to stay away from that knee. And that's going to cause some type of pelvic tilt, which one side is going to be higher than the other, and it's going to cause some depth issues. And he showed on that little three-minute video he posted his opener or second attempt compared to his third, and it was significantly different on depth. With that said, I'm not going to say it couldn't have been a good lift, but – I don't think you can say he was robbed because I don't think there was any definitive evidence in that video to say it was overturned. And then going to the deadlift, I, I still would say I don't think his deadlift was good. And I honestly would, I, if you want my opinion, I, I was surprised that Tim's got overturned as well. I, mm-hmm. thought, I thought his wasn't good either. But the issue to me more was, is I was literally, again, in the group chat, I was like, I, I see the lifts going. And I see 322.5 get loaded. I'm like, why, why is Taylor not dropped yet? Why has Taylor not gone to 317 or 320? I thought 317 or 320 was like in the bag he has this. And that would have forced, if he did 320, which I think he had, that would have forced Carl to go 338. And then Tim, I don't even think, tries to pull for the win. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a lot of... Yeah, I know. I'm looking at the numbers. You're correct. And also, it's just... It, the bias bothered me with Tim's deadlift, though. Because I'm looking at Taylor. I'm like, okay... Like, last deadlift, I was like, I don't think you should have gotten that. The squat, I have to now look at the second attempt versus third. I was like, oh, I thought it was okay. But, like, to then immediately have Tim go and blatantly have up and down, I was like, really? Because now, now I'm just questioning things. You oh, know what yeah. I mean? Like, that was not a good lift. They overturned everything underneath the sun. And that was the one, the one major lift where I was like, that was just blatantly not a good lift. What are we doing? 
Yeah, uh, yeah. I, I mean, I'll, I'll go. I guess back with this, uh, with the squat with Taylor, and and then you know, kind of recap it with the dead or end it off with the deadlift. But with Taylor Edwards' first squat, it was one taken at a weird camera angle to start at IPF Worlds. Like, so I watched it, and I'm like, I couldn't even see that clearly. Like, I'm just always assuming Taylor Atwood's getting depth because Taylor Atwood does not historically have a depth problem within the past six years. I, I would say. Um, so I'm assuming he got depth. These two red lights. I'm like, okay, they're going to challenge it. I saw the replay. I thought there was enough there to overturn it. Um, but they didn't, and they were overturning a lot in during the week. So I'm like, okay, well, they didn't overturn that. I disagreed with the call. Um, robbery? I don't know. And I don't know if anyone really got robbed that hard, and I'll explain what I mean later. But, because I'm talking about the jury system just being stupid as it, as it exists, but robberies, I don't know quite yet. Um, when it came to deadlifts, I was saying while I was watching the live stream, I'm like, that's soft. I think he lost a little bit of focus there. This is speculation. This is just what I saw. I know he doesn't get, he's not happy when I speculate or come up, but that's what a podcast is, dude. Template. The implications? Yeah, the implications. He doesn't like, you know, it's a podcast, dude. Like, that that's what I'm doing here. He seemed to smile a little bit too early. And as he was smiling, I'm like, oh, no, that's soft. I'm like, lock it out, dude. I'm like, because that's, I was saying, I was screaming that. I'm like, dude, that is soft. I was screaming. I'm like, lock it, lock it. And I, I thought, I know bias when I hear it in commentary. I thought Ryan was a little bit biased or Sailor. I was like, okay, that's definitely locked right there. I'm like, no, it's not. I'm like, I see a little bit resting, and I know what it's like to be biased. I've been, clearly been guilty of that in many times in my commentary career. And I thought the call was correct. Three red lights, and that's what I, I would red light it from the center. And, you know, what the side judges saw was, I think, the same exact thing what the center judge saw. Tim's same thing. I... <laughs> And I want to ask you guys this question. I saw his deadlift, and I was like, okay, that's a red light lift. And I'm like, oh, he got a one white light. So I looked at the replay. I thought the replay, you know, like Steve probably remembers this. You remember when John Fox challenged a touchdown for the Bears against the Packers? And then they, when he challenged it, they found out that he fumbled the ball, and the Packers got possession of the football. Through his challenge of a touchdown, the Bears actually lose, lost possession of the ball. Can that happen in powerlifting? Because I was watching a challenge. I'm like, I would three red light this lift based on the challenge. <laughs> because I saw more up and down motion. Because he was he was losing his grip. So the bar was shifting downwards. And I'm like, I thought maybe that judge would just, oh, I'm taking away my white light. Or then I'm like, he shouldn't even got that white light. Can that happen? Where they just, there's like, actually, now that you challenge it, it's a three red light lift. They can't do that, no. <laughs> <laughs> because, I mean, in but football, it's like, your challenging of a touchdown actually made you lose possession of the football. So, like, in powerlifting, it's like, no, actually, your challenging made it a worse lift than actually what it was. Because that's what I saw in the replay. I actually saw a worse lift. Um, so, yeah. And then you can yeah. raise the question of bias, but that opens the door for Carl. I want to call him Kelly. I think it's a cooler name. But Carl Johansson, which... What he pulled on his third, he had more on the day. So that's why yeah, I think yeah, this sure I, I think that's where this total thing like I think even if Taylor Atwood hits that squat, I I mean it's gonna be tough to beat him, but Carl was on with his deadlift. Just on He was with it. on. I 
I don't know how much more he had. That third was easy. It was very easy. I th- I think, I mean, so my assumption is they must have thought that Carl had like 340-ish because that's the reason why you would go 323 is to force him to have to go, what, 341? I, I still think 338 would have been a lift that would have pushed him enough to where even if he had the strength, there's possibilities to miss. So either way, though, I mean, Carl just played the game. He hit lists, good attempt selection. Sweet Sweden tends to do really, really good with that, and they played the cards perfectly. And I, I think they also, like I said, I think they may have played a little bit of a game with that opener because he had a lot lower opener. I think it was either 292 or 295 to make the prognosis look like he wasn't in the meet, and it made it look like Tim and Taylor were the ones in the meet. And then they changed the opener, and then all of a sudden, oh, crap, Carl's right there. And, yeah, perfect. Yeah. I mean, junior yeah. lifter, more to come. If Perk's moving there next year. You have a battle, yeah, yeah. It's it's, um, yeah, and then it then it makes nationals all more important. The showdown of Perk and Atwood, and yeah, right now I think it's Perk's game. We talked about in the preview Atwood. I you know thinking about worlds, but also in the back of his mind thinking about Perk because he's saying hashtag Atwood era is still here. Longest hashtag ever, by the way. He's really got to fix that stuff up, like just social media in general. He's got to work on some of the stuff, but yeah. Um, when you say stuff like that, that means you're listening to everything else, and um, you have something to prove. He's a competitor. He's a gamer. I don't think anyone's taking that away from him. Um, but the the, the drop offs are noticeable because that's another thing I I, I want. Like that's uh, like I said at the beginning, the drop off is the thing that's shocking to me. It's it's a, it's a Forty to sixty kilo drop off. I mean, when a lifter drops off twenty kilos, that can happen with a really bad meet, but it seems to be consistent now. So, I think this is actually going to be good because he has a lot of time to recover. But also, this is big for Tim and Carl. Carl, obviously, because he won and he's a junior world champion. But Tim, great performance dropping off a weight class, stuck it until the very yeah, end. Right. Looked great the entire right. time. Walks away with the world record squat. Like, yeah, awesome, no matter, awesome. No matter what, Tim. that proved everything I thought. I, I didn't think that was there. I didn't think that was going to go as well as it did based off of last year. Not only was he able to cut and maintain his strength, his standard was better. Yeah. Yeah. That was an issue last year. The standard just wasn't great. We talked about that going in. Like, how is the standard going to hold up? No issue. I mean, huge on there. Definitely proved uh, the analysis wrong on kind of what I thought going into the meet. Yeah, well, I mean, 100%. It's crazy to go from, like, Will he even hit depth to the world record squat? I was like, oh. I was like, okay. I guess we're going to see the great meet today. Yeah. And then at one point, he got a world record deadlift until, obviously, Carl took it. I'm like, all right. Just like yeah. you said, Angela, I'm like, clearly some people can cut and just somehow maintain the particular strength. I, I got to figure, yeah. Maybe, yeah, maybe if I just get some New Zealand coaches or move there for a year, um, I'll be – Competing with Perk and 74 kilos and losing still, but because <laughs> he still out totals me at 74. But one thing that's being that kind of not talked about now, like uh, obviously we're gonna bring it up now, but I haven't really seen talked about since it kind of all the 74 stuff happened, is still the Keel Backlund situation that he got put in. Yeah, party. that was confusing yeah. to me. So I was confused. I, I do not have confirmation on this, but I'm pretty sure what it is is he put in. His old total from years ago. Oh, no, 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 no. He put in a total. 
that he hit recently, but was in a weight class up. He was at 79 kilos or something like that at the 83 kilo class. And he used that total, but his most recent total or best total or something at this weight class did not get him into flight A, so they bumped him down. And while I don't think he was pulling for the win, he probably would have maybe adjusted attempt selection and things could have happened that he could have been more in the, he would have for sure been more in the picture throughout the entire meet of people having to think about him. So that kind of made a weird situation there too, that he got bumped down. Yeah. I, that was, I was, I actually wasn't aware of that. Like, uh, cause I was so good. I'm like, I see his name pop up for the standings of like squat bench and deadlift, which by the way, IPF, you got to change that. Just give me the subtotals at a point. Give me the subtotals early. Show me who's in the lead. Like, with deadlifts, they're showing you first who got the golden deadlifts. Like, that's not important right now. We all care about the total. I understand what you do for squat and bench. But for deadlifts, just put in the total. But I just saw his name. Like, where the hell did he compete? Like, I didn't see him do that once. And <laughs> I was confused. Yeah. Earlier that day. But that does suck, though. Yeah. He ended up with 760. 79 kilos less than third. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, you're right. That could that still could have adjusted just like attempt selection. Yeah, I mean, yeah, there's no it's just a, a strange thing that I, I'm like one of the strongest lifters there, and there was some good, you know, strong seventy fours there. I just like I thought he would be there. We talked about him on the preview show. So we usually know the lifters who are gonna place within the top five. But yeah, I mean an entertaining weight class, um, great to watch. Get some great stories. Carl Johansson is blown up. Big win for Flex. The uh, the Flex-Craft rivalry, I think, is definitely extended into Worlds, and this is a feather in Flex's cap because this is also a rival. I mean, we're going to get I, – I don't mean to get this on a tangent here. This is also a rivalry that I just realized over the weekend. It's never going to end. <laughs> There's really no end point in this because it's like people are talking about, like, oh, Flex showing superiority over the Craft. I'm like, Marcellus isn't even there. So that means this is just never going to end. It's just going to be a non, non-stopping battle between coaches. So that's that's something to look forward to with I think eternity until they both just stop deciding to powerlift coach or uh, coach powerlifters anymore. But yeah, awesome weight class. Um, excited to see what the future holds for it. Now on to the eighty threes, which said to. Uh, beginning of the show, probably my favorite weight class to watch simply because I compete there and I have a bias. Um, and it had all the fireworks and it was almost a carbon copy of last year. I didn't think it would be a carbon copy of last year, but it was. And also, I would like to point out, I think Ina was screwing with us the entire time. And I've said that on the preview show, he was posting all of his bad deadlifts on Instagram and clearly his deadlift was not an issue. Yeah, he made that little story calling out preview shows, but... I nailed it. You get what you get to an extent. Like, you tried... I agree, Angelo. He tried to just throw everyone off. Whether Mm -hmm. it's... I'm not saying he's trying to throw us off. He's trying to throw his competitors off. I think he cares more about the competitors than he does the Two White Lights preview show. But he was trying to throw everyone off. He he wasn't posting stuff to give anyone an idea of what he could do. And like I said, it was a carbon copy. Delaney underperformed. The person who seemed like the sure shoe in second to compete with Delaney, very underperformed. And then two deadlifters (laughs) snuck in with uh, Ina and Slim Shady. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) He stood up. 
there, there's a there's a story to that, FYI. Only only Nick will understand. Yeah, only Nick will understand. And if Nick, actually, we got to get Nick on the podcast. I think he's two white lights tailor made. Uh, maybe you can share that on the podcast. It's so unintended, weird. unintended saying tailor made. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. All right. I didn't even notice that. Yeah, pun definitely not attended there. But uh, yeah, I mean, the dead yeah the deadlifters did it again. Got themselves into the top three. We thought it was going to be a race between Delaney and Jurens. Jurens, I mean, once you saw him miss that squat, kind of knew yeah. he was out of it. One of those lifters that needs that subtotal, so any miss on the subtotal really takes him out of it. Um, where it's the opposite for Nick and Ina, where it's like, as long as they hit their lifts, they could even miss one and only lose like five kilos off their total. They'll probably be fine because we don't know what they can even load. Jurens is not really that case, so... That kind of opened the door for a lot of different scenarios and possibilities there. But, um, yeah, Delaney's performance, I mean, he's the winner. Strange, because he got that squad overturned. its I think that was the start of the weird overturns. Yes. Was that one was we... officially like, what? Oh, no. <laughs> like, this is getting weird. Because I, yeah, because I'm like, okay, two white light squats... I thought it was a good call, looked at the replay, thought it was a good call. Really didn't get a replay because it just kind of snuck, it was, it was kind of snuck in there that he got his squad overturned and we didn't figure it out until they showed the leaderboards. Yeah. I think the people the watching it, who was watching Good Lift, noticed it before the commentators and all the other people there, which is usually a problem. So, I mean, and that's what led to... Um, there being like, uh, yeah, the door opening for Ina and Nick. It did, and it was, it was so hard. It was hard to watch. Like even the bench press too. Like they make it to his bench press, and I believe he missed the second one because of not having locked elbows for the start, which bothered me because I'm like, well, then why couldn't they say replace it? <laughs> like that was weird to me. Yeah, I well, isn't the rule you, you get to down command or you get to start command from the two side judges and then it's automatic red from the center? No. So if one of the side judges has to not put their arm down, which is what happened there, one didn't put their arm down, one did. So the chief didn't have the choice. They can either say start or they can say replace. Oh. Yeah, that is weird. But they said start. I That's thought it was that lockout is where the, the locked elbows didn't happen. Happened. That's what I was kind of assuming, but we didn't. Again, we didn't get a replay on that one, so I didn't see any of it. And it's like it's been overturned. I'm like, what the hell? And then I saw him like overextend, lock out his third. So I thought that took two of his lifts kind of away from him because his bench looked really good. So you're possibly talking five kilos there, ten kilos off his squat. Uh, yeah, and I think that's that's when people started to talk about the jury system and kind of the issues that we're seeing at IPF World Judging. Yeah, and then along with that, too, we had Nick. For Nick, I have never seen someone not get a start command on the bench for the head. That was very weird. I, I have only when the head is not down. His head was so clearly down on the bench. <laughs> like, like, I'm still confused now. I'm like, is it because part of his hair? Like, his hair was, I like, don't, off the bench? Yeah, I don't know, because that one was was especially, in, like, frustrating to me, because I'm like, his head is on the bench. 
what else are we looking at here? It's not a hard thing to see. It's not like he has long hair. It's not like you can't see it because I know they do the ponytail thing with, like, okay, don't have your hair completely down because we can't see if your head is up the bench. And then they're getting up and you're telling him it's like it's not on there. I'm like, yes, it is. It's clearly on the bench. So that was that was dumb. I, I'm still confused, Tuesday. But, yeah, that was weird, too. And, again, this was definitely the weight class where I feel like all the weird jury attempts started to really come in, which made it really rough. When it goes to jury, that was just a rough performance. Yeah. I, I'm still very lost on how he just completely filled second squad. I was like, oh, this is not going to go well. Okay. Yeah, you kind of tell, like, how he, he missed it, that it was going to be a rough meet for him. Because um, yeah. I think he, he cut the third one high. Um, so it's... It happens, uh, you know. It happens in powerlifting where you kind of you kind of see it. You kind of know on the day too. You kinda, yeah, but you probably know in the warm up room as well. Like if your legs just aren't under you, that's what it felt like. Just watching him. I mean, because I've been there before. I'm like, ah, my legs aren't as just they don't feel under me today. So you have to kind of knock off your second. And you can't do that in this competition. You can't be like, well, gotta take lighter second attempts. In this competition, you're there to win. You're not just looking there to hit PRs. So you're in a position where you have to probably take your plan second to not take five kilos off. Um, you always want to put yourself in the, the competition here, but if you take five kilos off your squat and then you keep doing that for all your lifts, then you know you're going to lose. Especially yeah. when you have Delaney competing, but then also big pullers. Like, unprecedentedly amazing pullers. Agreed. And then, what happened with next first deadlift? I remember I was like, dang, it happens. this is really just getting... But I forget. What happened? He just missed on... He just, it seemed like it slipped. It seemed like he just missed time his lockout. Um, okay. When he opened 750, that's not surprising. Oh, it, yeah. It was thin up really fast. And then whoops, and then put it back down. Yep. Just okay. lost okay. balance. Probably moved it too fast. Ina, Ina can be guilty of that too. Big pullers with kind of where every single one of their pulls are big. This, there's an ex, it's not a strength thing, it's just an execution thing, so that's what I saw with Nick. Um, I think I said to myself, I'm like, he's going to get a second pretty easily. Um, I think I'm like, I still think he can go two for three, because I'm like, the speed on that one is really good. Um, you kind of tell, like, Nick, I mean, because we have a good scouting report on Nick throughout his competition career. Uh, he sometimes hurts himself on the platform, sometimes just doesn't lift it at all. And, like, you can kind of tell when lifts aren't going well. The speed on that one looked good, so I'm like, I'm relatively confident that he can uh, get himself in position. And I think there was a little friendly competition between him and uh, Adam, the other uh, Canadian lifter. And he had himself a really rough deadlift performance, too. Uh, he went one for three, and I, I think, because on subtotal, he was kind of killing it. But on deadlifts, he dropped the ball there a little bit, missing grip on his second and third. So... Uh, that allowed Nick, I think, to play with his third uh, and get into the top three there, uh, which was his goal going into the meet. But, yeah, with pulls. Um, that was uh, that when I said earlier I had a lot of emotion. Uh, I was really, really pulling for Delaney on that third pull. And then when I saw he wasn't really able to lock it out, which I was – I was giving him 50-50 watching that second attempt. It seemed like pulls just weren't there for him on the day. I'm like, oh, man, it's going to be a bad look for America. And also, I just don't want Delaney to lose. He's a very good friend of mine, and 
you know, he checks all the boxes for a lifter that I want to see succeed. American lifter at IPF Worlds, but also just a good friend and um, a guy I competed with often. I'm like, if we lose 66, 74, and 83, it's going to be a bad look. So, Mike, I need I need Ina to miss this pull. To be fair, even though I saw, well, not to be fair, but even though I saw Ina's second deadlift, I thought it moved pretty fast. And then I saw he needed 10 more kilos. I was like, well, he, he honestly, like, never gets his third deadlift in competition. So I was like, I, I was, like, worried to the strength. I thought the strength could be there, but I was like, he's, he's known for missing it. So I was like, I, I'm only, I'm not fully panicking. <laughs> like, let me just see what happens. Not take away from him, but he does yeah. tend to miss it in comp on third. Well, I was... Yeah, so I was watching it, it with the same kind of thing. I'm like, I, it was 370 kilos, right? Or 380, 380, 380 kilos. Four. He hit 370. So, like, yeah, like, we're all talking in the group chat. I'm like, I think we might just come back to this. Like, it's pretty ridiculous saying that he's just going to nail 380. I think we're going to go back and see, like, yeah, we're probably pretty crazy giving him odds on that he was going to hit this lift. Um, and he was closer last year of hitting, I think, 385. But the reason why he's in position to do this is because he improved his squat and bench dramatically. He's a legitimate squatter. He's a 280 squat. Definite room for improvement. And like I said on the previous show, he's got size on his frame now. He is looking good. He's got some size on his legs. He's got some size on his arms. You can tell that his bench is improving as a result of that. So... Yeah, I, I tell you from experience, you're going to get in this position, don't have to pull something outrageously out of your wheelhouse when you get better at squat and bench, and I think that's more of the story here. It's not necessarily his pull like it was last year and his ballsy attempt. It's him getting better at squat and bench, getting over that 600-pound mark, and once you get over that 600-pound mark as a squatter and you have a big deadlift, you're going to be in good company or you're going to be in good shape when it comes to that final deadlift, and his bench is at 155. It's not great but it's something that's manageable because he was barely at 300 when we were talking about him, you know, pulling over 800 pounds in the previous uh, competitions he was in. So lots of improvement there from Ina. He's going to be a problem, more of a problem once he continues to progress those lifts. Um, But yeah, I, I, I was pretty much screaming for Delaney to get that third deadlift. Uh, Nothing against Ina, nothing against Nick, nothing against anyone. I just, Really wanted Delaney to win. And uh, luckily he did. Ina walks away with an 805 total. Fantastic total for anyone in this weight class. I think possibly got himself a Sheffield spot. We'll see how the wild cards go because, you know, he can break a record when um, when they're deadlifting at Sheffield. And Nick looked like he could have gotten more on his deadlift as well. He did. Yeah, Nick looked like he had seven and a half more kilos plus. Interesting thing, I don't think, I mean, it didn't really matter. He hit it easy. He didn't need 367 and a half. He actually went two and a half kilos higher than he needed, I believe, because he had body weight on Giannis, and he only needed 365. It didn't really matter. Still hit it. But, yeah, that, that it would have been interesting if Nick had hit that first attempt, because I'm going to guess he probably went like 360 on his second, and then he probably would have went like 370 plus on his third. Um, and could have snuck in if he had hit that first opening deadlift and made the right jumps, could have snuck in and tried to overpull Eno while Eno was trying to overpull Delaney. But Or even yep. getting the second bench press because he missed it, got third. It looked so easy. I'm like, he had five more kilos at least. And that was yep. the main difference. Oh, he, I mean, had, yeah. 
Also, I, Nick, I legitimately think I'm kind of talking to him too. If he had gotten that and been able to jump and then deadlifted went as planned, I, I think he was in the hope that like legitimately he could have pulled for the win at that point and like legitimately pulled something that would have won and had the chance for it. Yeah. Well, yeah. also his squat too. After his second squat, I'm like, uh, that didn't look good. And then I think figured out something on his third where it moved at the same speed and was able to get the same call. So, um, yeah, like he was able – usually that would deter him in past competitions, but it didn't this time. He he was able to stick with it. Um, yeah, it's uh, it, it was it was an entertaining weight class. I think – with just the calls and stuff and people viewing it, it wasn't... It was still, I think, must-watch powerlifting, though, because it came down to an insane pull. And, of course, you know, when Ina... When he, Ina is that puller, though, if he blows anything up, I'm like, maybe he can pull it. His second attempt did look a little bit slow. Um, you can kind of tell with him. It's really off the floor. If he struggles with it off the floor, I don't know how much he's going to stick with it because he has... a. He has like a kind of a misbalance. One side lags. I saw, I mean, his third pull. One side kind of lagged, and I think he just didn't have the strength to maintain. How much is that in pounds? 380 kilos. Which, by the way, I got a DM that we should uh, we should talk about. We shouldn't go between pounds and uh, kilos anymore. And to that person, have your country win worlds. And then we'll, and then, and then we'll go from... Uh, pounds of kilos. Yeah, 837 pounds. Yeah, we'll, we'll start talking more in kilos once another country wins worlds. But until that happens, we're going to talk in pounds. Guy. For, for, name I forgot. It was too foreign to remember, so there you go. <laughs> might might want to edit that one out, along with my World War II joke earlier. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, Steve, any closing thoughts on the 83s? I know I talked a lot, but that's kind of my weight class. No, I'll let, I'll let you have the show there. That's that's your spot. So I think 93s, which 93s I'd argue is probably the overall best performing men's class. It was. Because while 74 was crazy with how close it was, I mean, if we're looking at like in comparison to like where 74s have been, there's still a decent off where, I mean, 93s, Keiko had – arguably the best meat he's ever had outside of that local meat, which I don't really want to compare that. Um, and it, Gustav and Emil were both kind of there, kind of head to head with a, a couple of misses kind of brought them out. But I mean, that was probably the best performing class. And frankly, it was just, it was just Keiko's show. I mean, I, well, we're going to get to Gavin. There were some interesting things there based on how deadlift went. So even if he got that squat that it does, it, deadlift would be tough. I don't know if he could have beat Keiko. The deadlift didn't look like it did when he was at Worlds, or not at Worlds, at Sheffield, where it looked like he had 10 more kilos and could have deadlifted 350, and that's kind of where, even if he had gotten that third squat and it didn't get overturned, I don't know if Keiko was beatable on the day. Um, but Emil showed up. He looked back. Gustav, again, I, I already said it on the, the preview show that I kind of started counting him out, and he is back, and I take that back. Um, and Sasha Sindabak obviously snuck in there too after Gavin missed. Sasha moved up in the fourth. So it was just a really, really high-performing class, but it's just another uh, showcase by Keiko where he just kind of hits lists. Uh, and it, I don't say it's boring, but he's not – like he doesn't do anything – he just kind of hits lists. They're pretty similar each time because he's kind of been in this 880 to 890 range in a while, but because he always hits it and he's so clutch – 
you, you got to beat him. It's kind of Russ esque. Like Russ has been kind of in this eight forty ish range for a while, but he just kind of hits and he doesn't he doesn't have bad meets. And unless you have the meat of your life, you're not going to beat him. That's kind of continues what happens with Keiko. Yeah. Um, Keiko, we're, I, I, I have number one best ex, best power lifter, best executing power lifter on the platform. I think him, Celine, and Russ as my three. I, also, I give the nod to Keiko because – Let's look at this. When's the last meet that he didn't have to take a third attempt pull for the win? Well, yeah, exactly. Like that's what I mean. Celine, I mean, she's it got this crazy hit lift streak going, but it's it's different with Keiko. Keiko is every single meet is incredibly competitive, and he's got to hit five all of his lifts. Yeah, it's five meets in a row, and then arguably last year we talked about the attempt selection issue of whatever happened to why he put in three fifty, but he's had. Five meets in a well, six meets in a row because I'm counting not I'm not counting I forgot to count this year's world six meets in a row where the final poll was to, for the win. He hasn't had an easy meet in six meets. Every single meet he's had to do something to pull for the win. It's been close. And he's only missed one lift in six meets, right? Two, two, two lifts. He missed squat lifts. at Sheffield and he missed the deadlift at Worlds last year. Oops, my bad. So yeah, still pretty crazy. I mean, if if he had hit the deadlifts at Worlds last year and they had gone, I think it was 345 is what they should have done. I mean, that. Pro- I mean, he's still probably there, but you could you could start calling him the most clutch puller of all time. But it would have been, if he would if they would have went 345, and I think he hit that last year, that would have been six meets in a row that he would have pulled for the win on his third deadlift. Five of the six he for sure has, obviously, because of what happened to Worlds. That's just, it's just insane. It's incredible. Yeah. He's, like I said, he's just, it's like Russ. Like, he's just, he's not going to lose. You have to beat him. He's just not going to lose. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't rely on him missing anything. You can't rely on him um, and yeah, he does face adversity going to meets too, like just unlucky stuff, and he's still able to just uh, pull through. And yeah, um, it's uh, it's yeah, well, it's funny because this is the most stacked weight class. But I think some of the hot takes I was seeing, it's like we need more people added to this weight class because Keiko is kind of just beating everyone. So yeah, yeah. let's get Brandon and Petrie kinda- in there. Let's get Russ moved up to ninety three. Let's just. Let's just keep throwing lifters and see like who Keiko can fight off. Well, I'm waiting for the jump because again, like I'm not, I'm not saying this in a negative way. I kind of am, I guess. I mean, take it how you will. Keiko's been around 880 to 890, and he keeps winning. I mean, if you go back to nationals in 2021, he hit 880.5, and he's been around the same spot, and he keeps winning because he executes. But the class really hasn't kind of risen. It's, it's just kind of been the same. It's been Gavin and Chance and Gustav. It's kind of been the same players all around the same spot. And I'm just something. Something's going to break out soon. Someone's going to break out soon because we see this. We see we see weight classes kind of be stagnant for a bit, and then a big jump. And we saw it with 93. It was stagnant for a while, around 840 to 850, and then all of a sudden, 2021 took a massive jump, and now we see 870 to 880 being what you need. I'm waiting for that next jump. Um, it could be Petrie next year if he moves over. Uh, I, I, I thought Gavin would have been that this year if, if one, everything was there strength-wise, but two, obviously, I mean, we're going to talk about we can talk about it now. Third attempt squat. is interesting. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I didn't think it was like Sheffield where it was higher. Like Sheffield, his third attempt squat was higher than his second. I, yeah. I, was, I was surprised when that one got overturned. I mean, with him, I think it's just always going to be close, but I was just surprised because I just, I just, I, I didn't see a difference in the third to the second. Mm-hmm. That's where I, mean, I was odd. 
Yeah, I agree. And I was like, will he ever be allowed to take a third squad? <laughs> I'm not sure. I genuinely don't know. But it looked just like the second. And so for the second one to pass the two white lights with no jury interference, I'm like, yeah, like, I don't understand. <laughs> well, because for, for me, I thought his third, I mean, because he's close on his squats. I can understand some missed lifts. But I, this is, this, now this was the true inconclusive evidence. Two white lights on the platform. Looking at his squat again, I'm not like, it's not to a point where you can disagree with the judges that much based on his second and third. So I'm just, yeah, I was confused on that. Um, and that immediately, you know, because he is, um, uh, he's, he's, he's a very good overall lifter, well-rounded lifter, and his, his pull is good, but he needs that squat. He needs that squat to stick to Keiko, and also if you're just competing against Keiko, you need all your lifts. So as soon as he missed one lift, it's like, okay, you know, you're you now you're uh, you already know you're behind behind on Keiko just based on his execution and what he can lift and going into bench press. That's his lift, um, but you know what one lift can do. So that was that was the unfortunate thing, and yeah, that was my my inconclusive video evidence that I just wasn't seeing that his squat was high. I could have called it high on the platform. If it gets called high on a platform, I get it. But um, you going and going to a replay process and then just automatically uh, redlining it was the yeah, problem. I mean, to me, this is super similar to Taylor. If Taylor's was a good lift on the platform, I would have said, and if they overturned it, I would have said, you can't overturn that. But I was fine with the fact, like, it was kind of inconclusive. This one, the same thing. I just thought it was too inconclusive to overturn whatever was said on the platform, whether the platform said it was good or bad. I, I just don't think you could have overturned that. That's where it was, it was odd to me and where I don't think there's enough evidence to say that's – you, you got to change it. So either way, like I said, though, I mean, well, it, it's it's a bit odd because obviously even his third attempt squat I don't think was what the plan was because that first attempt was a little odd, so they took a smaller jump, and I think they had to go a little bit conservative on the third, and then obviously that went wrong. But he, let's say he hits that third, and then he goes 840 on his deadlift to force Keiko's hand. That means Gavin goes 885, Keiko still goes 345, or he has to go 342.5, and he still wins. I think I, Keiko still probably just wins on the day. It was it was just his meet. Um, if Gavin can put it together and he can get that third squat, I really do think he has that top end to kind of notch it up and go 890 plus. It's just uh, putting it all together at once. So until then, like I said, you just you you can't. Can't expect Keiko to lose. You got to beat him. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, though, I think all these lifters are so. Okay. It's just the it's the the craziest thing of somebody dominating a weight class, and then I'm like, I think these lifters can take a next step and beat Keiko. I think they all can do it. Like Russ, for a long time, was just like the only guy who has a chance of beating him is Nori, and I I put him as a big underdog. It's, it's not the same case at this weight class. I think it, it, if you put Keiko and Gustav head-to-head head again, I'm like, I think – I'm like, I still think Keiko's going to win, but I wouldn't be surprised if Gustav can win. I wouldn't be surprised if Emil could win. Gavin, throw Chance back in the mix, throw Petrie in it. It's like, I think they could all win. That's not the case with other weight classes where one person's dominating it. It's well, think next year if everyone's back, if we had Keiko versus Gustav versus Emil versus Gavin versus Sasha versus Chance versus Petrie. Yeah, that's... That's next. Yeah, that's crazy. 
Yeah, just to think that this weight class can get even, more stats. Even better, he won't do it. I'd rather see Russ go 93. Yeah. Because if he goes 80, if he goes 83, I don't really, I mean, I'll, I, he's, I think he's doing it to get to Sheffield and World's Games, which might be smart in that end, if that's kind of his end goal. But, like, competition-wise, what if he threw Russ in there, too? Eight deep, that can go 880. Yeah. And you're, you're familiar with eight deep, Steve. <laughs> oh my god <laughs> alright touche touche set up for that one yep could not resist that one um but yeah hey, like it can become more it can on an international level can be a more insane weight class which is great great to see great to hear uh and great to look forward to so yeah alright so 105s yeah 105s kind of well, really, 105s through 120+, plus. I don't want to say we'll, we'll go through them fast, but we can go through them faster because it was kind of runaways on all of them. Mm-hmm. Here's the Anatoly show. It, it's like a question now. We need to see Bob versus Anatoly versus Ashton. That's the, that's the question now. Be because amazing. Uh, Emil just competed too frequently. Same with, I think, Mikey a bit. Um, I'm waiting to see the Abdullah Mohammed Ahmed Mohammed dude. Um, it is not natural. He's already been popped before for a pretty big suspension um, and was allowed back. Um, I'm... He's gonna. I if they drug. Hopefully they drug tested him because I think he's gonna get popped again. And Mikey's gonna get the bronze medal. Just gonna throw that out there. <laughs> Just keep on uh, doing it. Yeah, he's gonna whatever it is. But yeah, it was it was the Anatoly show. I mean, I I don't think that was surprising at all. I mean, I feel like Mikey and Emil were around that 900 kilo total. They've been around, and especially with the short turnaround for for guys this big, that was gonna be tough. Um, Anatoly just. Did his job, um, and it's, it's more of a question now of it's good to see Anatoly back. We're going to see him at Sheffield. He, he's, I think he's going to be one of the Sheffield favorites, knowing that he could probably add to this total. And then the question next year is if Bob and Dietrich go over, that could be one of the, the, the best battles we could see. I mean, well, I mean, Keenan versus Bob versus Ash is awesome. I, I, I don't think Keenan can come back over. I don't know if they even he's – that's a whole weird yeah, situation. Yeah, that's, that's, that's a Keenan situation. Has, Keenan has no choice there because I think – yeah, yeah. That's a situation that people um, still yeah. aren't really talking about that much, which I would like to point that out. Yeah. Like that still hasn't been resolved. No, um, IPS still just letting the guy who very obviously was molesting women on video just continue to run that federation. But so. Steve, was he having drug cool. tests at local meets that weren't WADA approved? No, because he just wasn't drug testing. Okay, so, so it was fine. Okay. fine. He was not, no, he was not drug it, testing. It, all right. It, so it, yes, crosses. The precedent it. is as long as you. Don't drug test. You can molest women, and it's fine. But if you yes. do drug tests that are not water approved, and you molest women, you won't be in trouble for molesting women just for the drug tests. And yes, yeah. And if you're Rondell Hunt, yes. Just, <laughs> yeah. just in general, if you're him, if you're, if you're just that if you guy, exist, that's your name. that that very friendly person. If you're just him, you're just like, I'm. We're gonna make your life so much hell going forward. But yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, and that's that's kind of what I looked at with this weight class. Lana, were you going to say something? I just want to say, like, that Abdullah Muhammad guy, like, that was the most fascinating lifting I've ever seen in my life. That was just... <laughs> Did it yeah, seem was, unnatural was, in any ways? A Ben, a, a ben Pollock <laughs> squat. His squat looked just like Ben Pollock with that high bar and kind of, like, protracted, like, yeah. mobile forward position. I and love that the squat. I was like, I didn't see the bench press. You didn't see the bench press, Steve? It was uh-uh. just great. His hands were uh-uh. so close together. His elbows just spread out like this. It was like a diamond. Just magnificent Christian, Christian style. <laughs> I those were yeah those were yeah uh, those grip. those were, well yeah uh, master race grip. Um, yeah, I mean yeah I mean 
I guess that might uh, that might distract you. I was so distracted from what like, from what is actually stuff. noticeable. Oh my god! <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I mean, this is another like for joining my I don't know. There was another person too. I forget his name. I think he was in the ninety eighty three or ninety three. Maybe maybe it was one of us. I don't know. Either way, I don't know how that guy was allowed back in the IPF. That's kind of a joke. But I, I'm very much hoping he got drug tested and it's going to go retroactive that Mike he's going to get third like he should have. Um, but yeah, Anatoly Show. Mm. Yeah, well, um, I, well, Mikey, as far as getting third goes, I, from my understanding, a lot of uh, a lot of hurts and pains from Sheffield, um, which I think did I ask this question last? Would you think that Sheffield turnaround would have more of an effect on like the bigger guys with the bigger totals? Oh yeah. To the, I mean, so, so I don't know if you asked that, I mean, but it was obvious. Yeah, I, I yeah, think I mean, that's obvious because that's what kind of was going like. Um, yeah, that's kind of what's happening with Mikey. Well, what? Was uh, what I saw on the platform, but also like people getting back and his third squat too, had to take a lot out of him, right? That squat was a grinder and a half. That looked like it uh, definitely expended some energy going into deadlift. So I, yeah, I, um, I, I'm, I'm thinking with a long break, um, yeah, a weight class that I, I still think is good because Emil and, and Mikey are beast lifters. There's really really good um but yeah like uh next year possible with ashen bob all in the mix is um gonna be fun yeah uh, yeah 120s all right 120s Cliff. show i mean that was kind of he was about i think he came in at 955 he hit 952.5 it was it wasn't really i mean muhammad sahad based off of prognosis looked like he was going to be a bit more in the picture but i think he goes six for nine and really wasn't in there um and then kind of the only other kind of big thing there is uh, the Bearded Warriors third attempt deadlift with 386, biggest deadlift of the entire meet. Um, but, yeah, it was just kind of the Tony Cliff show there. there was, I, I didn't really get to watch the session, so I really can't comment too much. But, I mean, from what I was watching on good lift and kind of following along, it seemed like it was just kind of like cruise control for Tony, hit his lifts, got what he needed, world champ. Well, I, yeah. yeah, that was kind of with 120 plus too with Jesus. Cruise control yeah, yeah. plus two with Jesus. Obviously, I mean, hey, I I'm surprised. I, I didn't know what Jesus's goal was at this meet and what he was planning on, but it was pretty obvious from the get go. One, um, I, I don't know if he commented on it. Some other people did. It was just a super fast session. Yeah, like it. it there wasn't yeah. much time. I don't know how much that affected him versus just the fact that like how difficult was it going to be to kind of come back from Sheffield? And I think probably once he saw that squat was good, but not great, he hit that thousand three. I mean, he still hit a thousand pound squat. I think probably at that point, it was just kind of like, okay, like, I mean, like what, no reason to force anything today at yep. this point. Like we're, uh, did he, I don't even know what happened on bench. Cause I didn't get to see bench. Did, did he even take a third attempt bench or did he just hit two fifty and call it there? He didn't build it. Okay. Like bad. Yeah. So, so yeah, just just too quick of a turnaround. I mean, just kind of what I ex- I would unfortunately somewhat expect. If he would have done, I mean, it's he still easily won. If he would have put on a like a masterful performance, that would have been insane. But that's just kind of the tough part of the Sheffield turnaround for these big guys. Is it's it's just not easy to ramp back up to those weights and, and do the same thing. In my opinion, yeah, I think yeah, and I, I do think you have to put something in front of Jesus, like a, a total that he wants to hit or a competition that he wants it to, because it's. 
you know, we're talking about different things here. We're talking about a person who is so far above, and now, right now, I think he's just the most far above lifter in a weight class. Him and Amanda Lawrence are, yeah, like just the most far and above lifter in a weight class where they're kind of, you know, it's the only thing that would be in. I don't know if he's going to change. The only thing that would be interesting is if Frank Allen was there. What did what did Frank Allen just do? I am not sure. Ten seventy. Now yeah. that's not beating Jesus, but Jesus can't yeah, have can't this coast. kind of meat. Yeah, because the the second best heavyweight in the world right now is Frank Allen, and probably no one knows who he is because he's actually never done a national meet. He's from Pennsylvania, and he didn't get into nationals this year, which is a shame. Okay. Uh, exactly. We need to figure out a way to get in uh, because even though he's not a pro, it's he needs to be at nationals because he's the second best heavyweight lifter in the world. He squats and squats over 900. He deadlifts over 800. I mean, you need to see him there. It's, it's a shame. And we're, if, if he doesn't get in the nationals, I would, I would fear, I mean, he's probably going to go PA. Why would he not? Because he's, I mean, he can't get in the nationals anymore. So yeah, yeah that's the only person Sneak that can be in. there to kind of force Jesus to have to work a little bit. I mean, even with that too, if Jesus has the meat he can add, Frank's not even in the picture either. So, um, but yeah, Jesus show, Tony Cliff show. Yep. America, Rock Flag Eagle, U.S. wins. Honestly, it was it was it was almost an under. I, frankly, I mean, am I, am I stating this correctly? It was so, so, even though U.S. kind of won easily, it was somewhat of an underperformance because yep. we had at least one to two weight classes that we should have won or we thought we would have won and we didn't. Uh, more so, probably seventy fours. Uh, I don't think. I mean, even though we thought Ryan could win, it's not a massive shocker that Panna or some or Kyoto could have won that. Um, no, seventy fours yeah, definitely somewhat. Yeah, seventy four is definitely, like yeah. Because then really, if you was, look, yeah, because we're like, ooh, can we do a little clean sweep aside from one hundred five and one twenty? Like those are the two weight classes where I'm like, that's not really America's thing here. But I'm like, once I'm like, if Delaney loses and say Gustav wins ninety three, and we're and then Anatoly with one hundred five and Tony one twenty, I'm like, shit, we're gonna, yeah, I, I really can't I can't take- be annoyingly patriotic. And it was really, I think Keiko and Waska were the only ones that hit PR totals from the U.S. team. Yeah, it was. Yeah, it could have got bad. It, it actually could have got uh, a little, yeah, a little bit dicey there because usually we get the bragging rights on the men's side. Like we're thinking, like, oh, maybe we can clean sweep this thing. And there were those were the days, right? I mean, with Dennis at one twenty, and you know, like, like where we could possibly have some sweeps and contention there, but yeah. Uh, we'll see next. We'll see next year. I don't mean to be USAPL elitist, but I actually think if you put together if you put together the team of Dan Clements, Perk, Russ, Petrie, Bob, or Ash goes one hundred five, Bob goes one hundred twenty, and well, then Frank Allen. Well, well, then also wait. What do you mean? Are USAPL versus IPF? Like saying that a team. In USAPL, if you took the best USAPL okay. lifters and made an IPF team, I think they, at least with the performances that we saw, they would actually have won Worlds this year. Well, yeah, I think, yeah, I, I, I still think they're better internationally. I think that's what, that's what show, like, that's the argument to make on the female side, too, is it's not so much the lifters who are winning, it's the lifters we could have in the top five. I think Lucky might have gotten a... Uh, some heat for what he said to highlights athlete. So he's got to get some heat once in a while. He's, he has hit his quota. I'm pissing off people, but I think he said like in America, we probably could have top five, 83 keel lifters. This all competes and we would all get top five. 
That's like that's what I mean. Like, because if you throw in, because I mean, if you throw, so this is where Powerlifting America Nationals, if it turns out to be an actual Nationals meet, can get ridiculous. Because then if you throw in Russ Delaney, you know, myself, Nori, Gruden, you have to put Russ and Delaney as a favorites, right? Well, then in a ninety-three kilo weight class, you have Petrie, Keiko, Gavin, and then in the seventy-four kilo weight class, you got Perkin Atwood. So it's like. We all can't get these reserve spots, so you're going to get a really good lifters just not being represented in a weight class. And well, it could be. Well, we'll talk about it soon because I have no idea. Sheffield is before PA Nats this year, so I don't know how they're going to do it. But it could be. It could be pretty crazy because we we legitimately, other than probably Jesus, there there could be a plausible scenario where the entire world team on the men's side is different next year. Not saying it will be, just plausible that it could be. Yeah, it could be an actual, uh, a very hectic, hectic powerlifting American Nationals, which is going to be good yeah. for them. It's going to be great for their federation. Um, yeah, like, but also, and then I think, hopefully maybe this will make people realize, like, oh, a lot of American lifters are left out of international competitions just because of how Worlds is set up, where you only get so many reserve spots, but then you have, like, people with 570 dots who are possibly not getting into worlds. So, yeah. yeah. All right. Now, on to the female side, where this is where America had two representatives in the 47 kilo weight class, but Tiffany Chapon, um, like you guys said on the preview show, I know I picked Jess Espinal to win, but uh, Tiffany, it, was it ever really in doubt with Tiffany? No. The only... If Heather had had an okay squat off of prognosis, it looked interesting. But, I mean, Tiffany did exactly what we thought she would. And mm-hmm. I think Tiffany needs to rethink some things because, again, she just keeps going six for nine. And if Jessica and Heather put it together, she's going to be beatable because she's opening the door with the attempt selection. Again, I'm going to go all of France in general needs to work on attempt selection. But after basically after Heather missed that opening squat, it was kind of like, okay, yeah, done deal. Tiffany's going to win on second attempts. Yeah, just like you said, like she went six for nine and takes it over pretty easily and wins by 12 kilos. Jessica, amazing performance, nine for nine day. Excellent day for 12.5. Is that her best? That's her best total, right? Yep. Yeah, like that. Incredible performance. And then, honestly, I think we're all happy that Heather did not bomb out because we needed those team points. Mm-hmm. So, well, thank God. Those team those, well. I, I'm happy Heather didn't bomb out, but those team points did not count for our team. That wasn't it. Got canceled out. We didn't need it. I don't think. Or wait, am I wrong? I don't know. I mean, we didn't need it, as then we still would have taken over in the end with the points overall. But like, oh wait, I'm, I'm entirely, I'm, I'm completely wrong. I was thinking we didn't need it. I was, yeah, I'm wrong. Bad journalism. We, I didn't think we'd need it because the scenario of Monica. Bombing out was not, did not think that was happening. So yes, we ended up actually very much needing Heather. So if Heather had bombed out, yes, I am very wrong there. Sorry. If Heather had me. bombed out, we would have lost. You literally confused me and yeah. had me get wrong. But yes, yeah, so we need those I'm two wrong. points. And I will also say, was very happy to see her pull two hundred, oh, yeah. which she did in the gym. And I did not think she would be able to hit that on the platform. That was really cool. Like to go from nearly bombing out to third place. And give us points that we literally need. That's really cool. So, very proud of the so U.S. I'm team, just, but 
Tiffany takes it. Yeah, I'm interested to see, like I said, I, I think Heather's had issues with peaking in the past, and we have confirmation she is working with Kedrick for training as well. Oh, no, uh, right. Even though the meet wasn't, even though the meet wasn't perfect, she did peak better. Like if squat didn't get funky, uh, bench was a little bit down either way, but deadlift showed up because again, I, I've said that she's hit big deadlifts in the gym and it hasn't been transferring this time. It did. So I, I think this will be interesting. I think this will be even more interesting next year because I think if Heather can put it all together, I think Jessica is going to continue to improve. She's still young. I very much think she's going to be pushing 420 plus next year and Call me biased. I don't know. I don't know if Tiffany's going to be able to push far past this total with how much she cuts. She's. I think she's having to cut so much. I don't know how much more she's going to be able to push in this weight class. That's my number one I, question too. We'll I see very quickly, kind of, though, right? With yeah, Tiffany, like she's they compete kind of, often. So, yeah. So if she doesn't, if Tiffany doesn't, isn't find a way to kind of boost this up, and she kind of stays in this that like, four twenty to four thirty range, I think Heather and Jessica are going to be there as well as I mean, can't forget about them. Um, Ara Lee and Vicky. Ara Lee, 407.5. Yeah, Vicky, that's, if you're, if you're getting over that 400 mark. I mean, it's not just Heather and Jessica. It's Ara Lee was right there. If Heather doesn't hit that, Ara Lee is third. Um, progressed significantly in just short period of time over Canadian nationals. So this class, and then, yeah, this class is very, very interesting moving forward. Mm-hmm. Very interesting. It's exciting. I love seeing this, like top five being people who are pushing the limits and all being four hundred plus. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Deep. Yep. Yeah, it's becoming a deep class. And I don't, I don't think Demetria plans on switching anytime soon. But yeah, that'll Demetria be another... is going to be in that four hundred to four ten spot too. Mm-hmm. 40, yeah. Forty-seven kilo is fun here. Forty-seven kilo is getting very fun worldwide. Yeah, the big critique of it was is just not a lot of lifters were in it because, you know, if you're lifting weights, you just kind of get above 47 kilos. But now there are lifters who are doing that. They're, they're able to maintain that size uh, and the strength, too, in order to compete there. And, yeah, and like I said, it's like uh, starting off the night, starting off the the event with um, on a bang uh, with the exciting lifters with a potential close competition as well. Um uh, th- this year, though, I, I guess because Tiffany, I think last year with Tiffany kind of just running right, like just right past Heather, that was pretty big. Like that was got everybody like, whoa, okay. Like Tiffany was probably the favorite going in, but we didn't expect this. Um, this year was a little bit more expected. So I, I think people were kind of moving on to, you know, the next weight class as far as this attention goes. And that's, um, yeah, the 52s. Evie and Naomi Alaber and Evie was able to maintain it. That was, I still yeah. had a big question mark just going into this meet. Like, all right, we saw it once. How is it going to translate a second time through? Now we know it's not luck. Fantastic. Yeah, that even was better, fantastic. too. I mean, yeah, Zena, go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, gosh, you go. But, like, literally goes in and doesn't even need to take her third deadlifts. Like, no, I won by 10 kilos. It's fine. I got it. <laughs> Like, that's wild. That was so easy for her. Mm-hmm. Yep. She separated herself there. I think as soon as Noemi started missing squats, it was kind of over. And, it, again, we kind of talked about in the preview show. I think I mean, Evie's training looked great, and I think now that she just kind of trains at the weight she needs to, 
it's going to continue to expand. I mean, I think she, I mean, at 470 plus and getting really back to the numbers she hit at 57, I think it's probably going to be happening by Sheffield. And she's going to be a favorite too, because obviously since she was able to somewhat sandbag this, I think her and Leo were the two people that were able to kind of sandbag a bit. Um, their world record totals are going to be very beatable based on kind of how they're going to do the Sheffield scoring. Um, I'm going to call it out again. I, I French attempt selection. I mean, when you're only able to go up by like seven and a half to five to seven and a half kilos from your openers on each lift, that's, that's going to come back to bite you. They've got to change that. Yeah. Yeah. Where, I mean, this one, I was, I was expecting, I wasn't expecting it to just be over by the third deadlift. Um, I was expecting pretty much the same competition we got in Sheffield. Um, and uh, that was, like I said earlier, the question mark I had. Is this actually is is this actually the thing now? Is is Evie the best fifty two kilo in the world definitively? Because um, like you know, obviously it's close between the two, but if you win it twice, that means you're unanimous, you're undisputed, and she's got that world championship along with Sheffield on top of that. So she has both of those accolades to her now, and um, yeah, it, this was because I said on the previous show it was my most intriguing matchup because I'm like. This is a good rematch to have, but also there's still some element of mystery with Evie, and I think that mystery is gone. I think we know what we have. We have a world best lifter in the 52 kilo weight class, uh, undisputed world class or undisputed world champion. Yeah, the fun. Um, I'll plug. Well, one Megan Lee Smith doing about what she we thought she was. She was well, she, she didn't push as high as I think we. I, I thought legitimately she could, if, if Noemi did like 450 or Evie did 450, she could push that. She wasn't quite there, but she was solidly in third. So solidly the third best lifter. The interesting one I'd find next year is uh, from the U.S., uh, Megan Halliburton, am I saying that wrong? Who unfortunately didn't make weight at PA Nationals this year. Yeah. And now oh, she's yeah. Working Marcel's a client, yeah. Uh, I I'd be very interested to see her in this battle next year. I think she will be she will be in that podium placing area. So that will be a fun little addition. But like right now, Evie has definitely separated herself here. Uh, I definitely don't count Noemi out. I think Noemi very well could get a, a Sheffield invite uh, with how close she is to that world record total. And we're going to see probably round three sooner rather than later. But Evie's definitely got the momentum now, and I think it's only looking better with how comfortable she is with this body weight now and being able to train there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, uh, for sure. All right, now, 57 kilo weight class. Um, Solana. I, what ha- I what, uh, we want you to recap this weight, cap, uh, this weight class. What happened? I, I think Steve had a lot to say about this weight class. He's very involved in it. I, I feel like Steve. the audience wants to hear what you have to say before Steve. No, no, so. Leave me alone. <laughs> I'm very happy Natalie won, and yes, I projected her to get second. All right, bye. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I was telling you, your nutrition coach. What's the punishment of a nutrition coach? Does she take off calories that you're allowed to eat, or add on calories you're allowed to eat? I don't know. No, no cheat Either. days for a month. Yeah, what? No yeah, what would? Well. Yeah, what would? Yeah, what would the uh, the punishment be if someone was trying to mess with you? Because a coach can be like, all right, I'm only doing tempos with you or, you know, long what's, pauses. Solana, what's your least favorite vegetable? Brussels sprouts. Brussels sprouts right, it Natalie, is. All Natalie, Brussels sprouts daily three times a day. Boiled, too. Not even sautéed. We're actually taste somewhat good. All right. Well, I'll give a breakdown from a coaching perspective. Um, so, it literally played out exactly as I had kind of written out. Uh, again, 
uh, attempt selection, opening just too heavy. I mean, even I think everyone probably when they saw Natalie was down by 20 kilos, I would bet based off of all the stuff and the fact that Natalie didn't post top sets, which I posted today, 184, 110, 223.5 in training, which is higher than jobs. Uh, you probably thought this is jobs to run away with. And frankly, too, when I see it, there's there's one of two things that are going to happen. When I see jobs openers, I was like, hey, spot on with where I thought. I had her at 172 on squat. I had her at 215 on, on uh, deadlift. And I had her at 95 on bench. Literally to a T where I thought she was opening. And one of two things is going to happen. She's going to have a super meet and she's going to hit all her third attempts. Or she's going to go seven for nine and do exactly as she has been doing. So after with going into squat, the fact that Jod went 182.5, at least in my mind as a coach, was basically like her missing a third because I knew that 182.5 was not going to give her enough from what we were going to make up on bench and likely with the jumps on deadlift. If she had gone 185 or more, that would have really put some pressure on. But uh, bench is where it really kind of came to fruition is once she hit that, she missed that 97 and a half. That's where we really knew that, okay, come deadlifts, we know she's probably taking a smaller jump and we're going to be able to take a 15 kilo jump and be able to be in the picture. And that's exactly how it played out, except John only took a seven and a half kilo jump. And that was the odd thing because I, I frankly, I, I don't know. I'd like to hear what happened because it's, I think it's pretty well known that John made a mistake on her third attempt deadlifts. I think John made a mistake or coaches made a mistake on her second attempt deadlift because I think they thought they had body weight advantage. I think they, so, I don't know how you Natalie. think that. We did not mean to weigh in at 55.8. That was not the plan. Our goal was actually to weigh at 56.5 around there because Jod usually weighs about 60, 56.5 to 56. We wanted to get body weight and even knew we were there. Natalie just ended up losing more. I, I really wonder if the French team saw that and thought, and didn't even think, they just saw 0.8, so they thought 56.8 because they only jumped seven and a half to her second attempt. And since we jumped 15, which we had already put that in, so they should have known what to do. They then gave Natalie the lead on second attempts and she was in the lead. And so it kind of gave us full control. And so from there, we really, uh, it was, it was me and Jason Tremblay were running numbers together while obviously Arian was handling. And, uh, I mean, going into the meet, what I had written down is I thought Jod's top end was going to be around 231 to 232. And so as soon as we saw what we could do and we could push her to 233, we're like, okay, we're going to go 225 because Natalie's deadlift was just insane. Uh, I, I thought maybe she had 227 and a half going into the meet as top end, but based on how the meet actually peaked, I think she had 230 to 232 if we needed it. Um, but she hit that 225, it forced Jod's hand to 233. Uh, and then as soon as Cheris ran up, because after two, when Natalie hit 225, it went crazy. Cheris runs up the stairs. And then I start going crazy again. I'm like, Natalie just won. John just put in the wrong attempt. She put in 232.5. That doesn't win the meet. That only ties it. Um, and uh, Solana, you have a little insight that uh, I believe John knew going in that that was the case. Yeah. So basically they removed her headphones and she overheard the team coach say, it's too late. We can't fix the mistake. She has to go. And she heard that as she walked out. Oh and I'm God. like, I don't know how you can go out there. You're like, I, I feel... Yeah. Well, I don't understand the other attempt change either because the other attempt change was odd because they dropped down to 227 when Natalie had still not dropped. And that made no sense either because let's say let's say you were going to chip Natalie to win on body weight, you go 225. That's like maybe that's what you put in to like chip Natalie on body weight. But they went 227.5 and that, that just frankly made no sense barring that maybe they thought that that was the actual attempt they should take. But then they, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't know what the 
the calls were there. That seemed to be a decently big mistake. Albeit, I, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure she had 233, a.k.a. why we went 225. So, yeah. Natalie just uh, executed to perfection. I mean, I think she had another two and a half on squat, maybe two and a half on bench, and another five on deadlift. Yeah. I, I don't yeah. know how you think you had body weight advantage. That's just, that's that's a, that's just like, I'm out of, because handling. I agree, but also, also, how did you think that you only needed 232.5? Yeah, I, like, well, like, I, yeah, I guess of, both of them I don't both of them I don't understand those because well, yeah because I uh, like that's because I'm not yeah because uh, I'm not I, I I when I handle people at meets the two times that I've done it I'm just there to handle someone at a meet just give them their attempts and then time their warm ups and that's it I'm never in this like calculation battle because I know Steve that's your thing and you know other coaches that's your responsibility but that's something like I can just read. When somebody has body weight advantage, I say that, but I uh, actually I should shut up because at nationals my coach just fucked that up. <laughs> so never mind. Because <laughs> he added a half kilo to beat Nori, and they did not need to do that when I had body weight advantage on him. Never mind. All right, I'll th- I redact so everything what, I said. Part of what's important is again I'm plugging powerlifting now, going into it and game day scouting. I already had listed. I mean, but going in the deadlift, we already had listed, if now we went 220, 222, 225, 227, 230, we literally had every single number listed out of what that makes Jod do based on numbers. Like, that's just what you're, that's what you do. Like, I don't, I, if you're not, if you're a game day coach in these situations, you don't have all that information to plug in, you're, you already lost. You lost the battle. If you're trying to sit there, third attempts and try and calculate, you already lost. Yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a good point. Yeah, that that stuff has to now, be now it is it's a little bit easier with this. Now when you're in a situation like Angelo where there's four people all polling in similar fashions, it's a little bit harder to crunch numbers, but like this was easy. Like there's only two people. You only well, uh, literally all, I, all you had to worry about was that because even though Mayara and Bobby they did great and Mayara, uh again we, we I I hyped her up on the preview show as someone who could very well pull in the third and she did. They just they never were really in the battle with Natalie and Jod. So it was just a two way battle. It was it you just have that spreadsheet already made up, you plug in the numbers and you know what you gotta do. Yeah. And that's why you should join powerlifting now, where Steve will break down everything yeah. from Natalie's meet and teach you how to game day coach. Yeah. And have a plan. Yeah, we've been yeah, we've been doing go to powerlifting now plugs. Do they have sponsors? Can we be official sponsor of powerlifting now and just do no contract. I, you, we can if you want. I don't. <laughs> you said yeah. no contract. Okay. This is no contract. Oh uh, yeah. By the way, manager gonna kick my ass for just saying that. Um, I'm about to air. say like. Oh well, yeah. I always. Our, our, so. our powerlifting now Discord half the time turns into two white lights Discord with people constantly asking about two white lights stuff in it. We gotta get a two white lights Discord. That was my summer to do list, and my summer is running low. So we gotta get a Discord for two white lights. But yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Yeah. Great. Great uh, information there on uh, I yeah this is this is why the world's preview has been or world's recap and preview has been much better this go around because I, I getting this insight uh, on particular lifters has been fun. Um, this one was confusing though, like a lot of people were just like they they messed up. <laughs> the France team really messed up. I mean, I granted Natalie is I think the better lifter, um, definitely on the day. Huge win for America, massive win for America. Needed massive that win. weight class. Um, and she killed it easily. My favorite performance of the week or for the entire week happened really early. Wasn't able to watch all of it. 
unfortunately, I was very busy on those uh, the opening days of IPF Worlds. Um, but I think the best. I mean, just so clean. Her and Keiko. I think her, her, Keiko and Anatoly. Well, now one more. Because frankly, they were separated by 0. 0.08 good lift points. We're going to get to it next. If someone wants to argue that Corolla's performance was more impressive, I, I think that yeah, I, I, unbiasedly that could be an argument. Albeit Corolla did yeah. it. You know, what? throw her in there too. Throw her in there too. Italian. Oh, oh Corolla. Oh, she yeah. has. To, I mean, Corolla has to be. I mean, frankly, I think that's an incredibly underrated performance right now, considering she beat Leah's total. Yeah. Um, and we were we were touting Leah's total as the greatest powerlifting performance on the female side of all time. Corolla beat it, so we're going to get that in a second. But I think there's an argument of Natalie versus Corolla on that side, albeit it is a little bit. I think that there should be more of a, a stake put in the fact that Natalie did it while having to directly battle a lifter, and frankly, in sense of like what it looks like being behind all day, and not like it's very easy when you're behind to force things. Very easy. That's what too many people do is they force things versus just kind of letting things play out, and that's where you scout the people correctly and you kind of know their tendencies and where they're going to jump based off of lifts. You, you know what they're going to do, and yeah. so yeah, yeah. Well, I talk about it now. 63 kilo weight class, uh, Corolla, fantastic meets, and I think further cements underrated, right? Because just feel like has one of the better meets in female powerlifting history, breaks a world record total that was set by Laya, and uh, it just doesn't Laya get does the headlines. This, everyone's talking about it. If Laya's talking, yes. then everyone's talking. If she does it, everyone's talking about it. Mm-hmm. Just flies under the radar. I, I I don't know how to describe it, but um, yeah. I mean, yeah, fantastic meet from her, and we're finally gonna see her at Sheffield. Um, and I think hopefully with just more of the, like the marketing and all the stuff that happens, we can see uh, Carola uh, get that kind of that publicity she deserves, even though like she had such an incredibly decorated powerlifting career. Yep. Yeah, so Carol, I mean, she obviously just wiped the floor, and I don't want to say she had much more. I'm trying to remember. I'm pretty sure third deadlift and third squat was nearing – it wasn't like she sandbagged. Like, they were near what she could do, so it wasn't like she had much more. Because I was very patiently waiting. I was waiting. If she went 210, she skipped. She was beating Natalie and going 560, but she did it. Um, And I think the other big thing here was – well, there's kind of two storylines. Megan Scanlon, basically a perfect day. Outside of the, the odd, I mean, it wasn't even bench was hard. It was just, I, did she get a depth? Was that actually, was that a depth call or something? Yes, it time? was. Okay, yes. that wasn't missed depth. That was the one that happened. Uh, I, I'm going to call that Megan's best meet ever because obviously she had that local meet, but it was local. Didn't have to be in the same situation. This was Megan showing up on a national or world stage at full potential and looked like she is in a different space right now to where I, 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 I it's going to be tough to challenge Corolla with that big of a gap, but Megan really surpassed what I thought she was going to do and surpassed basically where Kiara and Joy were going to be to where Megan was kind of in a league of her own in second place. Kiara and Joy would have been fun. I, I thought Joy's deadlift was good. Yeah. Really? I did not. I did not. No, she it locked good. it and she immediately had a little hit, hitch forward. It was like, lock. oh, shit. I think I saw, all right, so now, because this is a while, I keep on, like, this This is about a week ago, right? Yes. This happened a week ago? Yeah, because now I'm trying to remember. I think I saw the replay of the shoulders coming forward. 
Yes, that's what happened. It sucks. At but first, I was totally like, what yet. the hell? Three reds? And then they showed the replay. That's where the replay worked. But yeah. the call on the thing was three red It's lights. crazy <laughs> thinking Joy used to be the 52-kilo world champion. Yeah. I forgot about that. That's crazy to think. Because she looks very natural at 62. She weighed 62.5. She looked very naturally built for that. She was chilling. I was like, oh, you really came in at 63. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) I was in shock. So I'm like, maybe she'll stay here. I don't know what she'll do. I I mean, I think she is. I mean, to make that call to go up when she was very much in the battle with Natalie and God uh, and Bobby. I think, I think this call was to stay there. So that'll be interesting because, I mean, Corolla, Megan, Kiara, Kiara's a junior, I still believe. That's that's going to be a fun battle moving forward. And, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll see. Obviously, Celine's going over, but I don't know how it's going to work. I mean, Celine's got some room to make up to, to be able to take the spot from Megan. Megan is still, she is, she right now is the best 63 in the U.S. Yeah. Like, zero doubt. So I can't, I can't wait. But I was also very impressed. Like I was like clapping for Meg because she had nearly a perfect day, and even with that second bench depth, whatever, she still went up and got third. So really, I have to call it a perfect day. Like I was so happy to see that. And I was wondering, will she have another excellent like performance meet? Which she had when she was fifty-seven. I forget what year that was. Where she did really, really well, like hit her lifts, and then obviously last year she won, but didn't really hit her lifts. Yeah. So this yeah. is cool to see. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think that weight class too, and also kind of worked out. Weight class had great performances in it. Like, um, I, I, I was happy to see at the end of it two Italians and an American in the top three. Like, couldn't couldn't draw it up any better. Joy, I mean, going into that, threatening that third, it's like, okay, well, he's a lifter that I like, but uh, nationality and heritage takes precedent over that. Okay. Megan getting second was huge for the U.S. too. She gets third, U.S. loses. Well, yeah, that's what. I mean, that... every single, every every placement we got was needed. So, but the, that was well, outside it was expected though that like Amanda wins. Uh, who else? Yeah, it was expected that Amanda wins, and yeah. so some of those were more expected. And like Jessica and Heather lined up exactly where they were nominated. The changes in nominations was Natalie flipping with Ja. That was a change on nominations. And then Megan flipping with Kiara was a change in nominations where we got points that we originally weren't nominated at. Yeah. So that's what yeah, I was big. Those were, yeah, those are some clutch performances. And that's, that is a part of IPF worlds that I do like, like I've said in previous podcasts is like the international battle there. That does matter. Um, and I will, I guess we'll talk a little bit deeply into that when we get to 84 plus as well. Um, but moving on. 69 kilo weight class. Uh, Leo. Yeah, this is the weight class. Yep. She, I, I don't know what she could have deadlifted. I mean, I'm, I'm sure she could have set the world record total and probably set a PR total. I mean, she at least had 10 kilos more. I mean, she could have gone 560 plus. I mean, I, I have little doubt about that. Just no reason to. Smart on her end. I mean, going into Sheffield, uh, I mean, I think she's probably going to be the favorite if she's healthy. I think, I mean, he's looking healthy. Correct me if I'm wrong. I think, I think Nat, well, I mean, she looked healthy last year too. And then obviously got hurt after worlds. Well, she didn't make weight. After Euros, after Euros, she got hurt. 
Yeah, but she didn't make way to world. So we just like that was kind of the roughy, rough, uh, rough, rocky. Well, I know, but then she, then she hit that big total at Euros. She mm-hmm. looked like she had to be the favorite for Sheffield, and she was going sixty nine. But then she got hurt. So yeah, okay. I mean, looking at You're it, right. I, I think I mean based on the fact that I think Natalie had five twenty plus and Leah had five sixty. I, I I think based off of performances, they would probably be the two favorites right now, barring world records change before then. So. Um, and then Marte, I think I learned after somewhere that she was hurt a little bit, still got second place, but just definitely just wasn't a hundred percent. And then the real, the real mix up and probably the battle of the day was Clara versus Chelsea. Yeah. I mean, that, that was both of them had great days. Um, and it just came back to, they tied and, and Clara won on body weight, but here's an interesting thing. I don't, did either of you notice the fact that they did not have a scale that rounded to the nearest 10th? hundredth? No. They did not use a meat scale that rounded to the nearest hundredth, if I'm correct on that. Because everything rounded to the fifth, to fives. I didn't notice this. Yeah, I did. I, that's, they, I'm going to be honest with you, the last thing I'm going to notice. Why? I mean, because you look at it. I mean, so every, like, obviously it's 65.2, 65.1, that round. The next number is that the hundreds. Am I wrong on that? I'm not a good math person. Tenths than hundreds. I thought that was your it thing. It only rounded to the. What are you saying? I thought that was your thing, math. I'm terrible at math. I'm oh. just good at plugging things into a calculator in Google Sheets. Okay. Um, I no cal- the meat scale did round. It, it only went to it only went to the nearest uh, five. They didn't have like an actual legit meat scale. Oh, I didn't know I that was allowed. Didn't. Did, did just did I, not I, even. I, yeah. I would need to look. Maybe someone can message us about this. I literally thought that was against the rules and they had to have something that went to the nearest hundred. Either way, Laura had body weight by 0. 0.05, whatever that may be again, uh, even though it's rounding. Uh, and she won. She got that final dub up. I think she probably had a little bit more. Uh, Chelsea had a fan, I mean, huge uptick from Chelsea. I, I, if you would, I didn't think 530 was, I mean, she obviously was hiding stuff uh, and wasn't really posting from what I know, but huge uptick. Which was awesome to see. So, I went to shot from the training I saw. I kind of had her. Yeah, you had the better scouting. But I was very happy to see that. And she had more. I was surprised she didn't bump up the last dub by like two and a half more kilos. I know she wanted to like make sure she hit it, but it looks really solid. But still, excellent day. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I and that's that was uh yeah that and that was kind of the battle there was for second place um and. Yeah, as close as you can get when you went on body weight, that's that's close. So, yeah, 69 kilo weight class. Now, to the 76s. Didn't skip them this time. Yep. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, I think you guys nailed it on the preview. Carlina. Oh. Not fully. I don't no, think we gave Aga. We did, not, we did not give Agatha near enough credit. Well, I know. All right, but that's isn't that isn't that to show your point though, Carlina? Like just Agatha, yeah, uh, yeah. Agatha probably should have got more, a little bit more uh, credit or respect on the previous show, but Carlina is the overall favorite, and in spite of a good Agatha performance, Carlina wins. So it's like if Carlina has a good performance, she's winning more times than not an incredibly competitive weight class. Mm-hmm. And she might turn it potentially into a not competitive weight class up based on how good she is. 
if we can see Agatha healthy though, that's interesting. Obviously, Jessica looked like she was doing. I mean, I, I don't I don't feel like Jessica ever looked like honestly. When I was watching it, I never felt like Carlina was in trouble. It's just that Agatha had a really really good day, and then Carlina just kind of took what she needed on her third attempt deadlift, which is pretty easy. Yes. Jessica looked like she was kind of there too, not where she was going to challenge it, but like right there. And then just deadlifts just weren't there. She yeah. she had everything else looked pretty good, and then just deadlifts kind of just weren't there for her, which is kind of odd. I, I she got that missed second attempt Jessica call, right? Yeah, but it still is hard. But yeah, yeah, no, it still looked hard, but yeah. Which sucks. That just that just knocks down your total. That's that's all yeah. it really does. It makes it seem not where a uh, great day because I thought she had that, but. It was another example of, like, if you grind out a deadlift, you're like, no. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, and that was one of those ones that I, it, it, I did not think that was a bad lift. It's just, like, she had to grind up her thighs. I mean, that's kind of what you do on a deadlift, and it was no good. Now, it, was, it wasn't going to change anything. She was in third. She 263 wasn't going to be there. But that was, just a, that was just a weird call on that second attempt. So. Yeah. But, yeah, healthy Agata. That, that's why I didn't give her the credit. We didn't know she was healthy. <laughs> we don't know much about her, though. Like, that's... She's kind of a wild card in the sense there's not a whole lot of... I mean, you can use meats. Like, that's a good... Because she does compete uh, a healthy amount. Um, so you can use that, but... Yeah, Car yeah Carlina, I, I think um, of all the female lifters, that was kind of the person I saw reshared the most uh, with a bunch of power lifters because this is why 76 kilo is such a good weight class is because they hit numbers... Everyone is just kind of sits like turns around, male and female. Where I think some of the female weight classes are hurt a little bit because males are like, "Well, I could lift that in the gym," but then like there's there's teen lifters who look like, "Okay, Carlina squats way more than me," and they they just uh, immediately respected her. I mean, and she's very well rounded, unbelievably strong. Um, yeah, and. Not a breakout performance because I think Sheffield was a breakout performance, but breakout esque because she had to go kind of above and beyond, and everyone was kind of in awe of her performance that day. I mean, I know it felt good to get that world record squat after it got overturned at Sheffield. Yeah, and I think it shouldn't have been. So. Yep, and I think we'll see. I mean, I got. I will. I will bet Agata is going to be at Sheffield. With how close that was, I think her and Yacht are got to be two of the favorites for wild cards. So I think we're going to see this again. So yeah. Well, and also, uh, but like, we have to. I, I don't know. We I think we said it on the uh, opening or the first part of this episode, but uh, that's that jumped press command had to be the most obvious call that was missed. If you're going to challenge that call, that's the call. The jump press command. It for who? Agatha. Agatha's second, second, her world record bench. Yeah. The entire crowd sighed. Like, oh. She, like, did, she did that at, at Sheffield, too, so she must be timing it, right? Am, awesome. I, am I correct? Didn't she, didn't she jump a press command at Sheffield as well? Um, jump press command and depth. So I think okay, one I call was for depth and one call was okay. for she mu command. She must be trying to time it a little bit. Yeah, because well, everyone at once, you hear, you hear, because it was super audible, you can hear it because they don't have music, so it's even more audible. Like the crowd isn't that loud at IPF Worlds. Um, and they're quiet for that. Yeah, and they're and they're very quiet for bench press. So you heard you not only hear did you hear the the miss bench 
the that her jumping the press command also like everyone go. Oh. <laughs> so, but maybe Last there thing were... I'll throw out that's just kind of crazy. When you had a flight with Jessica Bittner, Dana McNeil, and Kimberly Walford, Sophia Ellis wins deadlift gold. Yeah, that, that, that yeah, would, good, that yeah, good a find. Nice yeah, out if that was some betting odds. Yeah, yeah, that would not have. Yeah, that would not have been there for me. Because you have some and, of the deadlift gods with Jess, Jess, and Kim. Yeah, I, my heart does break for Kim. I was mad about that thirty deadlift. You got like, what was your opinion on that? Because she yep, another one of that. Yeah, another one of those like, grinds that like. like the Kim Walford deadlift grind that I love to see that I've been seeing for a decade. Yeah, she's done that for 10 plus years and now all of a sudden it's ramping. So like I said, yeah, it was very... It was very it's uh, been the same lift for a decade. <laughs> what are you talking about? It was the same, it's the same as I've seen for 10 years. Standards and judging have changed, apparently. I mean, it's all it's all to the will of the Instagram comments. What did Instagram and social media say? And that's how they're going to be judging for the day. So. All right. On to 84s. That one's pretty simple. I mean, I, I'm still, frankly, I mean, Amanda surprised me because I didn't think she was going to go all out. And then two... Knowing that she had that adductor issue and short turnaround from Sheffield, I was I was I was shocked with how good squat went. I just didn't think that was going to be something she was going for, and it was her best squat I think I've ever seen from her. It was fantastic, and obviously she was a deadlift of what she tried to pull for best overall lifter, and deadlift wasn't quite as there as bench and squat seemed to be. But that's awesome. I mean, I, I, she's going to be so again. I'm going to I'm going to put her up there with Sheffield. She's it's one of the odd ones that like it's going to be tough for her at Sheffield because of percentage base. She's going to have to beat her total by an insane amount to be able to likely stay with some of the lighter weight classes that can add 10 kilos and proportionally 10 kilos is less to a 500 kilo total or more to a 500 kilo total than it is to a 640 something total. Uh, but yeah, Amanda, just another fantastic performance. Uh, I mean, she just taking a little bit lighter deadlift. Uh, I mean, another, you know, I shouldn't say I mean, she could have probably taken 262 and hit it. Um, so just another great performance for her and just domination of this class. But that was the right number she needed to beat Natalie, right? Yeah, that was correct. Okay, that made sense. I loved her attempt selection for squat. It made sense that Sheffield, like, in a way, to beat the attempt, to beat the vote record on the second attempt to make sure you get the money. But she took, like, a, like a one-and-a-half kilo jump to the at Sheffield, and it was just, like, two big grinds. So I was like, thank you. Like, you spaced it out more, and her squat went so well. Yeah. Yeah, um, and uh, I mean, well, according to Joey, they're changing the Sheffield scoring, so maybe there's a difference as far as percentage so, bases go. I'll, I'll tell you my, my theory there, if there's something, because they're obviously not going to change it. It's going to be based off of world record total. The only thing I thought is it had to be world records from the time of qualification, not world records set as the year progresses. Because that was an odd thing from like this past year is Leah hit that world record. Then Carlina hit a world record. There was new world record totals that then made Sheffield even harder once we got to it versus well, what they actually but yeah, qualified but So they of. had to, so they're going above a world record. That's not the actual world record. Yeah. I don't know. That that's, doesn't make that sense just to me sounds so, so I don't stupid. know. I don't know. I don't know what they're doing. Again, it was so because if you get two and a half kilos less in it and it's not the actual world record, but you get, I don't know, a nice, payday from it. it's like oh, okay announcing that's kind of strange 
Like, this is yeah. almost so, the world I'd be I'd be interested. I'm sure the person in charge of the scoring is listening to this, so maybe he'll he'll reach out and let me know what all of this what Joey was maybe alluding to and or was not alluding to. We'll see. Yeah. But yeah, either way. Another I, great dominating performance from Amanda. I mean, she's been really consistent lately. That's something she's really brought in the last year or so. Oh, yeah. Is, is, is more consistency after we saw kind of a, a dip and in some inconsistency on the platform after that local meet that she kind of hit that total. She's still chasing a little bit. I think you got to give her something. You got to give her something. got to give her a competitor. You got to give her a total. You got to give her something to go after because it's – it's um if, if, if IPF Worlds isn't even a competitive meet for you, it's, it's hard to – make progress i think we talked about the way back when i think i mean frankly in a good way back and forth probably best u.s lifter between amanda and natalie probably will give her a little bit of a exactly like boost like something to shoot for because she's just not going to have anyone in her weight class to shoot for it's just there's nothing there so i think that might give her a little bit of a bump of like okay there's there's another u.s lifter that's that's as for now taking the throne like you gotta keep letting her yeah for sure that's that's um that's uh, how I was viewing it too because you have to find something you have to find something to kind of keep you active even like numbers are sometimes hard to just try to continuously get motivated for but arguably the most competitive weight class or most intriguing weight class eighty four plus yes yeah it was fun to watch I mean Brittany Schlater had a day and so did Sonita and it came down to that last deadlift. And then, of course, we have to talk about Monica with the bomb out, too. But Brittany, like, that was incredible because she still had more in her. And I was like, are you kidding me? Like, that last deadlift looked like maybe a second attempt. So that was great. And then we had her break the world record total. We saw the world record total got broken by three people at once. <laughs> Basically at once. Between Sonita, Brittany, and then Monica was going to break it with her opener. She had hit it. So that was just like ridiculous to see but i can't believe like the progress she's made well we can't believe it because we talked about how her last meet like nothing with like rp10 for britney so we were like definitely counting her in there but that was just incredible and then, she did this she pulled the sneak attack too kind of natalie-esque in the fact that like when you saw prognosis from the start i was like yeah playing out exactly as i thought it's gonna be bonica versus sonita and britney's britney's good but she wasn't there but you look at Brittany, I mean, she's making a 15-kilo jump and an 11-kilo jump, then a 7.5-5, and then 12.5-10. She, she opened very, very light, and it was kind of a sneak attack, and it really didn't play out to where you're like, holy cow, come deadlifts. She's the favorite now all of a sudden. I just I was not expecting that. I really thought I really thought after squats that Monica kind of had it. I thought that she was really looking good to take it. Um, but obviously then Sonita had a really good deadlift session and was able to jump a good deal into that second attempt. And then Brittany just, yeah, that was incredible. It was. And Sonita, like last year, I think she placed like 11. So it's really impressive to see the growth she's had this past year to come out and get the world record squat. Who, yeah. She ended up with the world record squat and uh, she went back and forth with the world record deadlift. Didn't end up with it. I don't believe. No, she's not. But back and forth with that. So that was really cool. And she, I thought she was going to get that last deadlift. Like, I was really surprised. The second one moved so well. I thought she was going to take the win. But almost. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, so interesting thing, too. I don't know the number off the top of my head. The fact that Natalie hit the world record deadlift on her second really screwed over Sunita. Because then she had to go higher. If, if Natalie doesn't hit that, 
Sunita only needs to go 265.5. But because Natalie hits that, even though she's not in the battle for winning, it forced Sunita to have to go two and a half kilos heavier, and that may have been the difference. Yeah, that's a good catch there. Yeah. I didn't that. yeah. That's so that's a, a, that's a pretty crazy thing that really changed things, that Natalie really may have changed to one, even though she was fifth place. Yep. Yeah, that's yeah, that's uh, yeah. I mean, that's that's actually the great. Th- that's why I like these like na- international national competitions because you have stuff like that. You know, you have a lifter. You know, based on a lifter just trying to get their own records, it does dictate. You know, who gets to chip and why it's important and what you have to do next as a lifter. So. Yeah, and you know what? This weight class was dominated by one person for a while, um, and now we see a lot of players involved. Um, so, I mean, uh, how does this play out if uh, Bonica hits her death, hits her first I, two deadlifts I, at least? I still don't know if she has it because I don't – I mean, she usually goes around 250-ish. What does she hit at Sheffield? Let me find that real quick. Usually she's around two fifty ish, so I don't, I don't know if she would have had a ton more. So she hit two fifty two at Sheffield. Let's let's use that as what she does. If she goes two eighty nine plus one fifty two point five plus two fifty two point five, well six ninety four. She wins by a half kilo if she did that. Yeah. But then you might see Brittany go an extra two and a half because it didn't look like hers was all out. Yeah, it's a no. It, she would have been there. No, yeah, it's I, um. Oh yeah, it's a, it's a thing. Like it's it's still incredibly. I mean, that's that's a that's a, the better thing about this. It's still very close, but it's not like you know just because she bombed out. You know, because that's that's usually where you can go back to, like oh, just because this person bombed out is the only reason why this person won. Um, there there isn't really no guarantee, but also like. It, it, it does add a little bit more the following year and with competitions coming up with Bonica, you know, Alexis possibly taking the move over, Sonita. Um, what does Sonita end up on squat? Sonita ends up at 285.5. Dude, record. 285. The, no, see, the numbers here also are, like, I think being recognized a little bit more because you have more lifters doing it. Like, you have a... Uh, a good, you know, crop of lifters who are actually able to hit these numbers. Um, it's where it's like now more people get to see it and more people get to appreciate it too. Um, but you know, the the big thing with Monica was like that slip up could have cost America the world's team, uh, winner of women's uh, worlds. Yeah, oh yeah, that was because yeah. that's what I'm like. Because going in, I'm like, okay. Amanda, Bonica, pretty safe bets. They're going to get us the medals. And then, you know, everyone did what they needed to do. Right? With a cut with Natalie, you know, winning higher than nominations. And then, um, you know, Meg one. getting second. Heather getting third. So it's like everyone did what they needed to do. Then when I saw that bomb out, because I wasn't like, I'm like, wait, shit. Did America just lose this? I'm like, did we just trip at the finish line? Because... Yeah. They could have, Emily Merger, if she had gotten second, it would have won it. Yeah, that was, that was close. That was, um, because when I saw it, and also when I saw the competition take full, it's like, it looks like Monika's on, and then when Deadlift rolls around, uh, one interesting thing she mentioned was Steve pointed out to me, which I think we kind of went back and forth on this, was, um, 
her going on her stories and saying she saw the the jury table and she knew she wasn't getting any white lights that day based was on the jury and i'm like well you know what if i got because i thought she got hosed at the uh world games you know maybe that too and then steve with the uh, with great logic was like well why not drop your opener yeah, like I said, I think that 240, and then she, she's supposed to conventional on her third, right? I believe. Yes, it did. Yeah. You know what? I think it was good, but where I called a little bit of cap in the sense of like the, the story post, of which I didn't fully agree with, is the fact that she said she already knew she wasn't getting white lights because of the uh, sure. the judges. Well, if you knew that, you drop your opener then. What's interesting yeah, is you- when I cleared through her uh, post interview, she mentioned that she upped the opener for ah. a better chance. Got it. Yep. So, yeah, I mean, I don't agree that she should have bombed out. That sucks. I don't like how she acted afterwards. Um, but there was also some just bad call. I think there's some bad calls there that I did not know she raised her opener. She raised her opener. That's, and you thought you were going to not get white lights. And yeah, I was. That. That was that was that was nuts to me. I thought of all the deadlifts, so that was locked out. I just don't. It was it was, it was a thing. shitty call. I thought just a terrible call. Steve, I'm gonna need you to. I feel dumb, but like, how does Natalie hitting her last deadlift affect Sonita when Natalie's deadlift is 268, and Sonita still went for 267.5? Because. Sonita could have chipped 265.5, tied Brittany, and won on body weight. Oh, thank you. Thank you. But since Natalie went 268, she no longer has a chip unless she goes over 268. So she has to go 260. She she had to go two kilos heavier than she would have if Natalie did not do that. Thank you. And based on the fact that Sonita did indeed lock 267 out, she may have had that that two kilos may have been the difference. So that's huge. That close. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's actually, I mean, I think I talked about it. It didn't happen, but that's one of the things I talked about in the 57 kilos. If, if Jod, Bobby, and uh, Mariah had gotten into a squat battle, how that could have affected things. And it didn't happen. I don't think it, did any of them even. I think Bobby was maybe the only one that went for a world record. Yeah, she's the only oh, one. None of, yeah, the only one. So that didn't play out. But that scenario is what happened to Sunita. That exact scenario where she got she had to change her attempt and go higher because of someone else taking the world record from her. Yeah, those are good catches right there. Um, Also, breaking news, Waskar got back to me, and I asked, uh, what's his drink of choice? I don't drink. You want to take some guesses? No, he gave me a drink. You want to take a a, a, a fucking guess here? (laughs) What he said? Margarita. No. Margarita. That's a lot of what she said. Yeager. No, Jesus Christ, you guys are going hardcore on this one. It's, it's significantly less extreme. Corona? White wine of some specific. A beer, form. a white wine, a, a, a Cabernet Sauvignon. Water and Coke Zero. <laughs> I said he doesn't drink. I know, but he, that's what he meant. I'm like, what are you drinking, my man? Because he's like, because uh, I uh, he. When I had the cutout, was uh, he's like, order me a double. So I'm like, all right. I'm like, what's the drink? And then he just goes, water and Coke Zero. I'm like, well, I'm not ordering that. 
But uh, yeah, that's that. <laughs> you Jesus, all right? Yes, yeah, uh, Steve Margarita goes. Solana just opening with Jaeger. Who the hell's favorite drink is Jaeger? <laughs> Who walks into a bar and like, all right, gonna start off tonight with a with a nice Jaegermeister. <laughs> You know, that's what happens when Solana goes to those untested meets. She uh, she starts throwing down Jaeger, and yeah. one thing leads to the next. And yeah, Solana, I went out drinking. Did that happen? No. You, yeah, no, I, I went out. I'm like, what was your preferred drink? Probably vodka. Okay. No, because I was like, I'm like, all right, if you're saying Jaeger first, that means you're no, you're you're not a stranger to alcohol. <laughs> Yeah, if you're going if you're going that hard to open up the night, like give me a double Jaeger, please. Like Jesus Christ, man! All right, <laughs> <To> fucking relax. <laughs> you can order double tequila, double vodka, double scotch, and people are okay with that. You order double Jaeger, they're like, okay, get the cops out here right now. <laughs> but all right, well, that, yeah, that was some breaking news there. But also, Rock Flag Eagle USA wins. Still to this day. I thought I thought the French women far. I thought the French women far surpassed the U.S. Yes. Not, not this time, France. Not this time, and I don't know. I think based on the crop of women lifters or female lifters that we have, I think, uh, I think America and now America versus the world. I think the world has the advantage here, but America, just as the as the team, is still the the best. And yeah, round of yeah, applause, biggest, fireworks. Biggest way we're probably going to get advantage next year is Alexis coming over. That's probably our bump. Yeah. So also, if they just start allowing, let's like you get two representatives per country, and it's like I could see just a bunch of people being in the top three in America. So yeah, there's there's that. But that was that was my big argument when uh, King of the Lifts kind of had like the French thing and. Um, the I was like I I don't know what you qualify as being stronger as a nation like having the best world champions or having like the most amount of people who can get into the top five. Yeah, they U.S. has the best overall lifter and they won the women's worlds, so pretty pretty solid now of who wins. Yep, solidified USA all day and do your patriotic duty and support a U.S. lifter today. We should start taking yep. out, like, propaganda ads. Well, I'm doing the PR's Patriot t-shirt with Rock Flag Eagle on the sleeve. That's what's on oh, the sleeve I, this time. Yeah, that would be a good comp tee. It is. It literally is. It's a comp tee, and it's going to say Rock Flag Oh, no, no. Uh, I just posted on my... Oh, you did? what I posted on my store the other day. Yes, I posted um, on my store the other day. I'm doing a okay, run of it. comp tees. I'll post it tomorrow again as a reminder, because i got, like, two or three more days to order them. But, no, it's... it's it's the same one I the one autumn more that's like shiny, so it's gonna be white instead. And then it's gonna say instead of cultivating mass, it's gonna be rock flag eagle on the sleeve. Nice. Very good. I like that a lot actually. Uh might be cop one. I like that. But alright. IPF Worlds is done. End of our recap. Uh little things on two white lights. Our next episode is going to be the Southern Regionals Pro Qualifier. So um we'll uh, Great lineup of lister uh, of lifters. We'll be uh, giving a preview show on that coming soon, and we'll see uh, you guys. Huh? Well, that's what that's what it is. Okay. So yeah, it's a pro qualifier. So it's it's combined in with that. 
I got confused <laughs> yeah, but, initially but from that too. The meat is it's it is separate because it's called TBS Prime Time, which is after Southern Regionals. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a pro qual. Yeah, so that's yeah, that's essentially what it is. Southern regionals. We're not doing all of southern regionals, but it's going to be happening with southern regionals, which is going to be a pretty awesome meet. Still, uh, I'm really excited to see that. But yeah, we'll have that preview because that's a great lineup of lifters. A lot of good lifters looking to get their pro cards. Um, yeah, I'm I'm really excited. Very good lineup there, and that'll do it for two white lights. We'll see you guys. Okay, yeah. No. No. I'm out. Oh, I thought you were I thought you were about to say I'm currently being sued. No. <laughs> because I use everyone's be name. No, I I need to I need to go back through and brainstorm a bit because I pulled it up and looked and I'm out. I think I've done all of them. No. I thought I no, I did I I either had a meme for a commercial gem story of you. Or uh, a commercial gym story of my own, but I don't have it, so I can't remember which one yeah, it was. I'll have to brain. I'll have to brainstorm a bit. I don't know if I have any more good ones because I think I've done all of them. Okay. R.I.P. Done all the best ones. Yeah, possibly R.I.P. You have to. Brand, I'm telling brand. you, you have to go back to just commercial gyms just to get stories and like get hired. I do. I do go to one. No, you got to get hired. Good. You don't get. You don't get. You don't know. You don't oh, know the things. So you're going telling now. me I need to quit powerlifting coaching, go back to managing commercial gyms. So no, just be the front desk guys. worker. You you learn all the stuff if you're for a desk worker. You're just person that ca- yeah. If you just check in people at the gym because that's how I started to figure out crazy things that were going on. Like when I was lifting in a commercial gym, when I started lifting, is once I started making friends with the staff, they would tell me all the things that would happen, and I'm like, oh, I didn't know that person did this. That's crazy. I didn't know that's what happened in the tanning room. That's crazy. I didn't know that person dealt drugs. That's crazy. Like, they do it in the gym? How do I not notice any of this? So, yeah, that's... You just have to work there. But, okay. Well, that'll do it for Two White Lights. No commercial gym story. We'll see you guys next week. Peace.